Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to our countdown to green for the Michelin, Michelin Pilot Challenge at the Michelin GT Festival effectively. It was the Michelin GT Challenge for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship yesterday. We had a bit of an interloper earlier on today with the Michelin Prototype Challenge, the only non-Grand Touring cars that were racing this weekend. But now we're back to those GT cars. Well, GT and Touring, actually, if you want to be very, very pedantic indeed because of course in the Michelin Pilot Challenge we have GS which is GT4 and we have TCR which is um, oh yeah TCR and so they will be doing battle as usual nose to tail absolutely side by side and tooth and nail for the Virginia is for lovers Grand Prix that's our Sunday main event and it's all live here on IMSA Radio Well, hello. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, hello and welcome along, everybody. It's John Hindoff. I'm in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, joined by Jeremy Shaw. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. It is a perfect day to go racing at Virginia International Racing. It's hot out there today. It's going to be a workout for the teams and the drivers, John. Yeah, it is. And as ever, a, a nice, twisty, turny, uppy-downy track at VIR. We'll be going loud, live in sound and vision with our colleagues uh, from NASCAR Productions who put all the IMSA TV together. Shea Adam is our... Uh, VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. Shea, hello to you. Are you ready for this? Hello, John. Uh, yes, yes, this is the short answer. It's been a long time since I've come into a Michelin Pilot Challenge race with absolutely no clue who's going to come home with the checkered flag because we have so much variety at the top of both of the classes. And it's been such an interesting mix of winners this year. So I'm really excited to see what VIR throws at us because this is a track in particular where the drivers seem to make a big difference. Even if they don't have the best car necessarily, you can still drive your way to the front. Uh, not quite the full field we're expecting. We'll go through some keys to the race in just a few moments' time, but let's play the famous piece of music here on IMSA Radio, and we'll get Jeremy Shaw to run through the two classes and the field for the Virginia Is For Lovers Grand Prix at VIR. Let's roll the music. And Jeremy Round. Shaw... Round four of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge for 2020. We're going to have 32 cars on the starting group. We should have had 33, unfortunately. Uh, James 
James uh, Clay and Devin Jones will not be starting the race in the number 82 Bimmerwell BMW because uh, James, because, excuse me, because uh, Devin Jones had a huge crash yesterday during one of the practice sessions. Great shame for that team. Locally based team uh, and locally based driver in James Clay. Even Devin Jones, he's from North Carolina as well. So they will not be starting the race. They've got 20 GS cars, 12 TCRs. Starting at the back in the 32nd position is Calibre 61, the Road Shagger Racing Audi RS3 LMS TCR, that is Gavin Ernstone. Alongside him for 47 Motorsports in the Hyundai Veloster NTCR. In Calibre 47 is Alex Papadopoulos. A similar car for Brian Herder Autosport with Curb Agajanian will start in the 30th position as Calibre 29 Spencer Brockman. Uh, alongside him is Tyler Hagler making her debut here at VIR in an LA Honda World Racing Honda Civic TCR, number 77. Row 14 of the grid is Mike Lamara, former series champion for LA Honda World Racing and another Honda in number 73. Alongside him is Ryan Block in the KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering, the lone Alfa Romeo, Alfa Romeo Giulietta TCR in the field. On row 13 of the grid, it's Chris Miller, in the third of the LA Honda World Racing Honda Civics. Alongside him, Harry Gottsacker, kind of a 21 for Brian Herder Autosport with Curb Agajanian. Two of his more teammates on the next row ahead of them on the grid, that's Gabby Chavez in number 33, which is the second place car in the championship at the moment. Alongside him is Michael Lewis in number 98. Onto the front row of the grid in TCR. Excellent efforts for two Audi RS3 LMS TCRs. In car number 54 for JDC Muller Motorsports is Michael Johnson, who qualified second. And on the pole position for the second straight race in the fast MD racing with Speed Syndicate, car number 23 is Max Faulkner. We've gone to the GS field. Mark Siegel will start the Carbine Motorsports Audi R8 GT4, that's car number 93, from the 20th position. Alongside Ramanam Abdul Wahabi, number 09, the automatic racing Aston Martin Vantage GT4. 18th position on the grid is Vin, Vin Barletta for Turner Motorsport, the BMW M4 GT4. Alongside him, number 71, Frank Depew, Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro GT4R. Row 8 on the grid is Tim Probert, number 65. The Marilla Racing Mercedes AMG GT GT4. Alongside him for PF Racing, James Pezek in car number 40. That's a Ford Mustang GT4. Row 7 of the grid, Bryce Ward in car number 57 for Windward Racing. That's another Mercedes AMG. Alongside the Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport for G BGB Motorsports, car number 38 from Canada, Tom Collingwood. Row 6. Charlie Putman making his return to the series for automatic racing in the number 99 Aston Martin Vantage GT4. Alongside the winner last time out at Road America, Sheena Monk will start the number three Motorsports in Action McLaren 570S GT4. Row five of the grid, Rob Ferriel, his best starting position for Team Hardpoint in Audi R8 GT4, that's car number 31. Alongside Jim Cox in the Riley Motorsports Mercedes AMG GT4, car number 35. Row four, Nick Galanti, car number 80, the Bimmer World BMW M4 GT4. Alongside Alan Brynjolfsson in car number seven, the Archangel Motorsports Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. Row three, Jeff Mosing, the second of the Murillo Racing Mercedes, that's car number 56. Alongside the veteran Scott Maxwell, number 22, the Multimatic Motorsports Ford Mustang GT4. Second row of the grid, the Audi R8 GT4 for Carbon 
with Peregrine Racing. Car number 39, the championship uh, championship leader is Tyler McQuarrie, alongside Robbie Foley. In car number 95, the Turner Motorsport BMW. Onto the front row, front row of the grid, two more different manufacturers. The Aston Martin Vantage GT4, car number 60 for Core Motorsports. That's Nate Stacey. And on the pole position for the first time for Windward Racing in, in the Mercedes AMG GT4, car number four is Russell Ward. Yeah, great run for Russell and Winwood HTP. HTP, of course, the venerable European team that Russell and his dad Bryce Ward uh, became uh, the custodians of, I would say, is probably the best way. They made sure it had a future, uh, what, about a year ago now, and uh, Christian Hornardel involved in running the team back in Germany there as well. Great run for him. Uh, Adam, as we were hearing there, not a great, not a great run up to this race for a couple of local drivers. It really has been a difficult weekend thus far for a lot of the Virginia-based drivers. Uh, if we consider Tommy Milner in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship yesterday, it was sort of a quiet day from the four Corvette. But in terms of Michelin Pilot Challenge, we've got two drivers in particular who are from Virginia. James Clay, who, as Jeremy mentioned, will not be taking the start of this race as the 82 Bimmer World BMW he shares with Devin Jones is not raceable this weekend. The other driver who's had sort of a difficult weekend is Spencer Pompelli, who, of course, is from Virginia originally. He and co-driver Rob Ferriel were partaking in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race yesterday, an early end to that race. So he and Rob are looking for some redemption today, driving their 31 Audi, which is the GT4 version of the car. That one will be starting 10th, and that again will be Rob beginning for the first 40 minutes of this contest. But I guarantee you a riled-up Spencer Pompelli will be handed over that car, and that's going to be fun to watch. A riled-up Spencer Pompelli. That's worth the price and of that. admission on its, uh, on its own. Um, we, we have become so used to having some fantastic racing uh, there in Michelin Pilot Challenge. And, and Jeremy, once we get mixed up here, uh, things could be difficult for the GS, the GT4 cars, because the faster of the TCR cars will be very quick on the twisty bits. And there's twisty bits are plenty here. Yeah, there are. The good news is uh, yeah, it's going to take him a fair bit Bit of, bit of time to catch up with the tail of the field. I believe the slowest cars from from front to back in the field, the different differentials about seven seconds. That's taking the two different classes into account. Uh, so hopefully that won't cause uh, too many issues. But how competitive is, is this field? Six, six different manufacturers in the top seven positions in the uh, GS field up at the front. And I think there's uh, eight different manufacturers in the top 12. Quite remarkable. Exactly as we like it. A little bit of a shortened countdown to green for you here on RS2 IMSA Radio. It's that time once again when we bring the endurance racing community around the world together. I know there's other racing on, but frankly, only the last 20 laps of that one really makes any difference. You can catch up on that on your DVR or you can watch it live. What we've got is the Virginia is for Racing Lovers Grand Prix. It's coming up live in Sound and Vision on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. 
Well, what a couple of days of racing we've had at VIR, Virginia International Raceway on the banks of the Dan River. We're half a mile from the border between Virginia and North Carolina. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's John Hindoff and the IMSA Radio, IMSA TV team at this beautiful 3.273 and a quarter mile circuit with 17 turns. That's where the next round of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge is taking place. Great hosts as ever. The paddock all ready for the final action of what has been a brilliant Michelin GT Challenge. The only interlopers have been the IMSA Prototype Challenge. They raced earlier on today. Everything else has been a grand touring or a touring car. The lights are already out on the safety car. Oh, there's a coming down the back street. No, in the sunshine, I was slightly taken aback by the BMW M5 competition. It's Russell Ward. He'll start on pole position for Winwood Racing's Mercedes. And Nate Stacey alongside of a core motorsports in the Aston Martin. BMW and Rod, uh, Robbie Foley off the back of Turner Motorsport victory yesterday. Oh, sorry, I should have said spoiler alert there. And Bill Oberlin getting the 61 IMSA wins and making him the most successful driver in IMSA history. That is one fact I got right. I've got to apologise uh, to... Um, Craig Durson, who was a master who won overall in uh, IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA. Thanks to Nate Stacey. Uh, uh, sorry, thanks to Nate Siebens for pointing that out. Tynet McQuarrie, car bomb with Peregrine Racing Audi R8 GT4 is on the outside of road two. Then it's Scott Maxwell for Multimatics Ford. Have you noticed anything here? I haven't repeated a manufacturer until we get to Jeff Mosing for Marillo Racing in sixth position. Then it's Brynjolfsson for the first of the Porsches. Another BMW, Nick Gallant for Binner World. Riley Motorsports, Mercedes. The Audi of Team Hardpoint uh, is in tenth position. Sheena Monk who had a great run last time's out for Motorsport in Action is the best uh, of the, or is the McLaren, should I say. And what a fabulous run she had in the early running at Road America. Charlie Putman uh, back into the championship again with Automatic Racing, another Aston Martin. That's the uh, 12th position. Then it's BGB Motorsports, Porsche, Winwood Racing, Bryce Ward, Russell, his son, on pole position. PF, James Pesic for uh, Ford, then Tim Probert for Marillo, Rebel Rock, Frank Depew in 17th, Turner Motorsport, Vim Barletta for BMW in 18th, 19th is Automatic Racing, the second of their Aston Martins, just checking to make sure that everyone is still circulating, we have had people throw it at the scenery, uh, and Carbon Motorsports is the 20th, so outside of row 10, and that's your GS field, pole position for Fast MD Racing with Speed Syndicate, Two Audis on the front row with the JDC Miller Motorsports, number 54, keeping that 23-car company. Then it's the Hyundais, the Veloster NTCRs, tend to hunt in packs, and there are three of the Brian Herter Autosport with Kerb Agajanian cars in close contention there from position three to position six for the 98, the 33, and the 21. LA Honda World have the best of the Hondas uh, with Chris Miller in sixth position. And then the Sol Alfa Romero, Julieta TCR, that's the sort of red with a, almost like a Coca-Cola colour underneath it. Now, let's get straight to Shea Adam. Jeremy Shaw, by the way, is joining me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. But Shea Adam, we've got a car in the pits that shouldn't be there even before we've got the race started. 
This is our TCR pole sitter, John Max Faulkner, who put the car on pole for the second successive week for Fast MD and their Audi is in the pit lane. The bonnet is up and the, there are two mechanics looking in the driver's side, trying to see if they can find anything in the engine bay. I'm going to send a note off to James Vance and find out what's going on. But this is disaster for the car that was supposed to start on pole. Oh, dearie me. That's our first and an unfortunate uh a report from Shea Adam, our VP Racing Fuels Pit and Paddock reporter. Getting ready to go green. This time I am right. My old eyes aren't deceiving me at the top of the hill. Jeremy Shaw, a thought from you before we go to green flag racing. Russell Ward for Winwood, bringing them to the green flag. A lot of pressure on that young man's shoulders. Stand back because this is going to be fun. Two hours of very intense racing up ahead of us right now. And Shea Adam, a very quick report from the VP Racing Pit Lane. What have you got? They need a new ECU in that 23 oh. Audi. Oh, my goodness. Well, well done to them for finding it so early. They're going to start not in their position as Russell Ward in the dark-coloured number four, AMG GT4, comes towards the line. And... Here they head down towards the first corner. The bib waving the green flag. And off goes the pole sitter and rejoins. And that could be Carnage locking up in the middle of the midfield. So Russell Ward, we talked about that, Jeremy, with the issues, or at least with the pressure on that young man's shoulder, missed his breaking point going into turn one. Yeah, that was uh, some sort of an incident there, and uh, that's going to cause a big fracas. Very fortunate we didn't have a big fracas there, because that could have been uh, a recipe for absolute disaster at the first corner. But uh, the good news is for Robbie Foley, he has found himself in the lead of this race. Those two run on wide, and Scott Maxwell, a veteran driver, starting in the fifth position, is up into second in that Mustang ahead of Nate Stacey, who's recovered to third, ahead of the championship leader, that is Tyler McQuarrie, in car 39. Well, that was a very, very bad start indeed for the Paul Sitter. All that work and thrown away immediately. So Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport has tasted victory this weekend. Already on the back straight with the core motorsports, Aston Martin, uh, excuse me, with the Multimatic, uh, Scott Maxwell sitting behind and off in the early part is the, of the lap is the Alfa Romeo. So the Alfa has gone off as well. Now, was that a separate incident? So that's both pole sitters, either off the track or in the pit lane, but neither where they should be. And the number five car then, Alex Papadopoulos for 47 Motorsports. Oh, my goodness me, Jeremy, what a start. Yeah, that's a great shame. That car has been fast the last few races. They have a really good fourth place finish last time up. We're going to go full course caution here, I presume, because of the Alpha. Uh, what a disaster for both pole sitters. You've got a feel for Max Fortner, who did a fabulous job in qualifying to put that car. Oh, oh, oh and there's Tyler, uh, Taylor Haggins oh, off the, off the road big, as well. That's so, a big uh, strut. Yeah, yeah, she's buried that into the tyre barrier there. I think that's up on the top end of the course, isn't it? Uh -oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the uh, same place the as, okay. uh, as Roy Block. Sorry, not Alex Parker, but let's, uh, that's the... Uh, that's the that's the uh, 47 Motorsports at Hyundai. I was trying to look at too many things at once. Uh, Alex did drive that car last year, which is uh, what put me off that. He's jumped into the 47 Motorsports car this year. There's damage on the back of the 29 green and white Hyundai as well. 
So full course yellow early on. Oh dear me, not the start we that was not the start we were looking for, Jeremy no, Shaw. Certainly wasn't. That Spencer Brockman there seems to have some damage on the back of that 29k. He qualified poorly. I was trying to find out what the problem was there. He said he was just unhappy with the handling. He started pretty much to the back of the field in the uh, uh, tenth position in TCR. That's the car that finished on the podium last time out at uh, Road America. So it'd be a disappointing start to the day for that 29 team. Uh, the co-driver, by the way, of, uh, of Spencer Brockman, it's Parker Chase. He was busy last night. He was racing a late model uh, stock car at Hickory Speedway, which is one of the great short tracks in the in the North Carolina area. So uh, quite quite a change from a late model sports sports car into a into the uh, Brian Hyundai Brian Hyundai Autosport Hyundai for this afternoon's race. Well, it's slightly better news, I suppose, for the pole sitter in. TCR or the car that should have been the pole sitter in TCR and indeed for Russell Ward who made that mistake earlier on because it's uh, they're not falling any further behind although Shea Adam the Audi's not yet out of the pits it's just left as a matter of fact John a little O showing up next to Max Faulkner's name on timing and scoring so they will be starting the race but just a lap down to begin it's going to be a long day for the Fast MD crew who are looking to defend their race win from one year ago. Jeremy? Actually, actually I think they got going from the pit lane, came around, then came back into the pits. Got yeah. So I think I don't think they have gone a lap down uh, on, uh, on in that car. That's extremely good news then for number 23 car. Perhaps... I'd uh, agree with that. That's what, that's what my scoring is showing, at least. I'd agree uh, with that. And if that's the case, you were able to you know, make some fix on the uh, before we went green get out on the racetrack and then come back in again presumably to check that all is well but as you say Shay he's back that guy's back out on the track now and still on the lead lap so the AMR IMSA Cayenne S rapid response vehicle at the Honda of Teller Hagler for LA Honda World now I could put two and two together and make five here, Jeremy, but I can't confirm this at the moment. But as the son of a detective for many years, those two cars in the same area, uh, we might suggest they may have been of coming together there. Yeah, they started, they started kind of nose to tail, 27th position on the grid for Ryan Block uh, with Taylor Hagler a couple of places behind. So, uh, yeah, because you could put two to two or two together, you might get four or you might get a different number. But the, the, what, what isn't uh, different is the fact that both cars are off the road. So that's Jeremy Shaw. And the start, I mean, Russell made a decent start in the AMG, but just went too deep. He could have actually moved over a little bit more. Jeremy was on the inside line and it's quite dirty and a bit bumpy down there. And that may have caused him the issue to overshoot, a little bit excitable, defending his pole position going into the first corner. Yeah, just a little bit too uh, too much alacrity there, I think, at the start. He just left his braking too late, went, went on by. The good news is uh, he was able to get back on without impacting anybody else. And, uh, yes, he's lost about 10 positions. He's running in his 11th place right now, but with no damage to that car. Well, it's clearly a very fast car. So if you can uh, just sort of pull himself together now 
be a little bit more circumspect in the year, but if we go back to green, certainly got an opportunity for a good result. So, an exciting first lap with the pole sitter in GS and overall firing the car off the track. Russell Ward making a mistake. The pole sitter in TCR with an ECU problem as reported by Shea Adam, our VP Racing Fuel Pit Lane reporter. And that car has, however, got out. Just checking to see when well, Max Fault is back in the pit lane now and they're still working on that car. It did come out and do ear lap, but not all of the lap. Uh, or not the second lap, should I say. And I think it's back in there now. So the Virginia is for Racing Lovers Grand Prix. Off to an inauspicious start behind the safety car. Shea Adam is our VP. Racing Fuel, Pitt and Paddock report at any further updates from the Fast MD Racing Audi, which should have started on pole position. Just remind us what went wrong there. Uh, nothing back from the team yet. Uh, last I heard was that they needed to replace an ECU, so they were trying to get it done before the green flag came out. The car has now gone back into the pit lane. As you said, this is their third trip to the pits in the race, and uh, or second trip to the pits, and they've only completed two laps. So it's been a difficult day so far, but I am trying to get a hold of James Vance. So James, if you can hear me on the pit wall, please, please text me back, please. Hello to everybody listening in on the very effective PA around the VIR circuit. And there goes the Fast MD health car. Liquid Molly supported number 23 Audi, the distinctive four-cylinder rasp of that inline turbocharged two-litre engine. So by my reckoning, Jeremy, they are still right on the end of the lead lap in TCR. So they've actually done a pretty good job. That's their second lap. They got out before the safety truck came around. I'm not sure I can call a BMW a truck, actually. It's an SUV. Uh, it's, a, it's, an X, it's an X5M competition, actually, so it's, it's fairly tasty. Uh, but they, I think they've managed to stay on the end of the lead lap in TCR, Jeremy. Good work. Using, using a bit of uh, stock car and oval-type tactics there. Do some of the work, bring it back in, do the rest of the work, get it out again. Yeah, if that's the case, uh, certainly you've got to hope now that it can run cleanly and it can run around quickly and uh, either come into the pits again if it needs some more work or rejoin at the back of the field. He's got to almost three miles to make up so he's going to have to get a move on here but uh, we're certainly not going to be going green I don't think for another lap or two the last time we saw there was still yeah, the safety car lights are still on well they probably wouldn't go off until later in the lap actually but they looked like they were still working uh, getting those two cars out of the way so I think it'll be uh, a given another opportunity to get a number 23 car running the way it should be so if you are just joining us on IMSA TV, you've missed absolutely nothing at all other than the pole sitters hitting trouble one before we even got out to the formation lap and one, well, really before we got round the first corner. Here's how they stand behind the safety car at the moment as they 
going through the climbing S's. It's Turner Motorsport and Robbie Foley that leads for BMW in the number 95 car. Multimatic Ford Mustang in second for Scott Maxwell, the number 22. The 60 is Nick Stacey for Core Motorsports in the Aston Martin. Then the Audi of Carbon, Tyler Macquarie, the 39. That's the dark grey and green car. Archangel Motorsports are next with their very, very bright highlight, the yellow Porsche 718. Sorry, 718 came in GT4. Alan Brynjolfsson behind the wheel of the number seven. Then the Mercedes of Riley Motorsports. That's the number 35 car. And that means the top six are six different manufacturers before we get the first repeat from Team Hardpoint. The number 30 Audi RS GT4 run. Very old driving. That Marillo Racing and Jeff Mosing is in eighth with the 56. That's the Tangerine Mercedes AMG GT4. Sheena Monk has moved up to ninth in the Motorsports in action, or the Mia. McLaren 570S GT4, that's the number three, and making up the top ten, BGB. It's BGB, actually, but um, just reminds me of a well-known uh, fashion outlet in, uh, in France, BGB. Uh, Porsche 718 Cayman GT4, uh, and that number 38 car winds up the top ten. So it's been a bit of a change and a shuffle around as well in TCR, because without the Audi, it's become a Brian Herder Autosport with Curb Agagini and Hyundai Velosterfest with Gabby Chavez in the 33, leading Mike Lewis in the 98, leading Harry Gottsacker in the 21. Chris Miller is the first non-Hundir and must feel a little bit outnumbered in his Honda Civic TCR number 37 because he's got another two Velosters sitting behind him. Alex Papadopoulos for 47 Motorsport in the 47. Uh, and then the Brian Herbert Autosport uh, Hyundai number uh, 29. Then it's the Audi of... Uh, Mike Johnson in the Michael Johnson in the JDC Miller Motorsports 54, then Mike Lamara in the next of the Hondas the 73, then Gavin Ernston in the Roadshagger Racing Audi that's the 61 dark grey car, Max Faulkner, fast MD should have been on pole back into the pits again as we go back to green, so he is going to drop a lap now as we go back to green flag racing across the line they go, lovely restart by the lead BMW and the battle is between a couple of front engine cars behind him. So the top three, all front engine cars, the first of the mid-engines, Exotics, is in fourth position for Carbon with Peregrine Racing for the Audi RX GT4 of Tyler McQuarrie. Lovely restart by Turner Motorsport and Robbie Forley. Jeremy Shaw, exactly what you'd expect from Robbie. Didn't like the pressure get, let the pressure get to him, hit the most of his advantage. Yeah, indeed so, and uh, the... Uh the hats off here to Alan Brynjolfsson who's running in the fifth position in car number seven. He had his career best uh, qualifying effort uh, yesterday. No, this morning. It was the first thing this morning for Alan Brynjolfsson. But that car seventh on the grid. That car has been super fast this weekend, uh, as has the other Porsche 718 Cayman, number 38 car, which Jan Halen will drive later on. So uh, Alan Brynjolfsson has put that has that car in a good position now. And he's been working super hard with Trent Hinman, his regular co-driver, and former series champion, of course, with that Archangel Motorsports team. And the goal for Alan Brynjolfsson is to bring that car number seven back to the pits after his first stint in a good position, nice and clean. That is exactly what Brynjolfsson is doing at the moment. Doesn't have a lot of experience in this sport, but doing a fabulous job in that very distinctive car in fifth position. Uh, Shea Adam has an update on the vertical bridge. Brian Herter, Autosport, Hyundai, Veloster, Spencer Brookman behind the wheel of that car. What you got, Shea? 
We saw some white smoke coming out of the left rear of that car under the safety car situation. The team is evaluating whether or not the tire has some sort of an issue. So they're trying to figure out if they need to bring it in. But right now, it is the last of the Hyundais running out on track in the fifth position of the Hyundai Cup. <laughs> Hyundai Sunday Cup. Uh, that is uh, what that is running in at the moment. I like that. That's the green uh, or the white and green car that Jay was talking about in that VP Racing Fuel pit lane report. Robbie Foley goes through, starting to get down to business now and begin to get into his rhythm as the Michelin tyres come up to temp and pressure. A 1.56.7, the best time for Robbie last time around. Two minutes, point nine for Gabby Chavez, who leads TCR. Those are the two best uh, class leading times at the moment. Alan Brynjolfsson staying out of trouble. Fifth position for him for Archangel Motorsport in the bright yellow vault. Number seven, Cayman. That car is one that you never miss. A quick glance onto the straight screen and you always see that one. Jeremy Shaw has a little more news on that number seven car. Yeah, no, that was the car I was talking about a little while ago. Alan Brynjolfsson, what a super job he has done then. And he's not losing out much at all, is he, to those top four? The BMW, the Ford Mustang, the Aston Martin and the Audi, four different cars there. Uh, Brynjolfsson makes it five in the Audi. And then Rob Ferriol is also doing a fine job in the TM Hardpoint Audi. He also had his best career qualifying in, in tenth position to start the race now up into six in that number 31 team hard point out. So the race beginning to settle down and through ahead of the BMW is the automatic racing Aston Mark and then the first of that seven by letter in the turn of motorsport BMW second of the turning cars then Gabby Chavez in the bright red number 33 is leading in the Veloster note two doors on the driver's side uh, on the passenger side excuse me as it is for the US the right hand side of the car only one door on the driver's side on the left but it qualifies the TCR because you have to have either th uh, four or five doors to be legal for it TCR, but that can include the hash, hatchback. So one long door on the driver's side, two normal-sized doors on the passenger side, and a hatchback. So the Veloster's in, as per the rules of TCR. Just over 15 minutes completed then, and nothing between the runners at the sharp end of the field, or indeed in TCR at the moment in the sunshine at VIR. 32 degrees Celsius in the air, which is more than a bit pleasant a little bit hotter than that on the track 33 degrees so that's getting on towards uh, just over 90 degrees on the fahrenheit scale on the track and there's another spinner it's the automatic racing car it's the aston martin that's gone around uh, i should say it's the the 99 aston martin that, that has uh, gone around so that is charlie putman who was uh, running in the just outside the top 10 for the invisible glass car that was turn number four he has managed to get that car pointing in the right direction. Don't see too much damage, but he was in a pack of cars. So anything is possible at that point. Now, here's the issue we were talking about in Countdown to Green, Jeremy Shaw. We've got the leading TCRs in behind the cars at the back of the GS field. And in the twisty bits, particularly going into the fast end of turn 11 before Oak Tree at 12, the Hyundai Velosters are as quick if not quicker than the bigger GS cars they don't have the same outright speed because they don't have the grunt 
and that means it's a problem for Gavi Chavez, who's now having to defend not only against the second and third place cars in TCR, but he's trying to drive around some of the GS runners as well. Yeah, that's going to be difficult for that for those group of cars. There. There's four or five cars at the back of the GS field are getting kind of getting swallowed up uh, by uh, the TCR leaders. Meanwhile, TCR pulses are back into the pit lane, that kind of a 23, the fast MD Audi. What a disappointing start to the race for them. And also Michael Johnson, who also started on the front row, he got shuffled way, way back at the start. He's making excellent progress. He's up into fourth position in TCR in car number 54 right now. If you're watching and listening, hello to Sarah Rigby. Uh, try that link again, uh, Sarah. It's I've just tried it. It's fine on the Radio Le Mans link for the video. At RSL, uh, excuse me, at IMSA Radio is where we are at the moment. Uh, Declan Brennan tuned in as well, one of the army of media types who are able to do their work from the track at the moment and who is helping at so much for us to do our work because we're not allowed in the paddock either of course due to social distancing regulations right Jeremy what's going on at the front of the field Foley absolutely metronomic at the front of the field another quick lap 155.7 pulled out to just over half a second there Yes, that was the new fastest lap of the race set by Robbie Fowler last time around. He had to because the previous lap it was Scott Maxwell who set the fastest lap of the race so far. He also went quicker again on this previous lap, the 155.9, but two tenths of a second. Robbie Foley able to inch away, but there seems to be nothing to choose really between these top four cars in the early stages. So uh, they're very, very closely matched. And uh, Alan Brittany Olsen hanging on there. He's fallen. Uh, three or four or five seconds back there, but still, he's got the, got the legs of everybody else. Now, up in the sixth place, having made that mistake at the start, Russell Ward has charged his way back through from 11th at the restart, now into sixth position. It's Jeremy Shaw who's joining me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Problems for the 4700 Veloster, that's the great and... Uh, orange car, and that is Alex Papadopoulos. Uh, maybe that was my crystal ball earlier on when I said Alex was in <laughs> trouble. Um, sorry, Alex, that's my fault. Hashtag blame Hindy. Uh, that 47 Motorsports car, maybe a bit of a control alt delete on the back straight because he has got that car rolling again as he heads up the first of two quite steep inclines away from the secondary pits that's over there, the school pits effectively. Let's see if we can get that one back to the pit lane. Meantime, Spencer Brockman has put the fastest lap in in TCR with a 159.204. What sort of race lap record should we be looking for, Jeremy? Because it's not bad conditions out there today. We might see people making one or two improvements. Yeah, it's pretty hot, I think. Uh, they're they're going to struggle to, uh, to maybe match the lap records. But uh, in GS, the lap record was set last year by Ross Gunn. Remember him, a one-off appearance in the Aston Martin. AMR Vantage at 152.7 is the race lap record for GS and in TCR the race lap record is at 156.597 that was set by Stephen Simpson also last year not expecting any rain today for the hour and 40 of this race there is a weather front that's holding 
a little bit of potential precipitation at bay at the moment. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, great looking racetrack, fabulous looking race at the sharp end of the field, the Motorcraft Ford Mustang in second place is fighting off Nate Stacey, that's Scott Maxwell and Nate Stacey who are battling. They've dropped about a second behind the blue and yellow Turner Motorsport BMW as they disappear through turn three and towards the sharp left at turn four. Turn three, often known as NASCAR corner, uh, not just because it's a left-handed turn, many years ago. Go and look up the very interesting history of VIR. And in the early days of NASCAR road racing here, some very illustrious names didn't get much further than turn three. It claimed a lot of big scalps. And so that is where the nickname for turn three came from. I don't think there was quite as much runoff there in those days either. Although, as we've been mentioning over the weekend, and bears mentioning again if you're joining us for the first time, this track was carved out at the end of the 1950s, in the 1950s, should I say, by a group of enterprising locals. And when I say carved out, they got themselves effectively on an earth mover, a bulldozer with a blade on the front, and drove around and traced out what they thought would make a good racetrack in the uh, across the uh, the green area that we have here it follows the contours of the local landscape and that's what gives it so much character and for all the improvements and my goodness there's been plenty of improvements down through the years here particularly since 2000 when it reopened thank you connie thank you kerrigan thank you team for all of those improvements what hasn't changed and what didn't need to change was effectively the circuit itself the surface has been upgraded and there's been little bits of extra runoff notably it's on turn 12 of course on the exit of turn 12 at Oak Tree the character of this circuit has remained and that's what makes it so good it's easy to say old school but sometimes that conjures up the wrong ideas doesn't it because there's nothing old fashioned about this circuit it's just challenging and all the facilities are top class well done to all concerned and hopefully we'll see you properly in the near future. Dark grey number 61, running eighth, Gavin Ernstone for Road Shagger Racing. Sitting in elegant uh, isolation at the moment as he crests the top of the rise. Another fastest lap for Brockman, gets the TCR lap time down to a 58.6. And the head of the field a 55.2 as Robbie Foley goes even quicker in the 95. BMW. Jeremy, before I, I anticipate the tweets coming in at IMSA Radio, what are we expecting as far as uh, pit stops and how many stops it'll take for the GS and the TCR cars? Oh, hang on a second, I'll come back. Gavin Ernstone has got a left front puncture and that's why he was in elegant isolation, but he has got it back to the pit lane. She'll keep an eye on that. What are we expecting in terms of, um, of more standard pit stops than the one that Gavin's doing at the moment? Yeah, I think we should be able to make it on two pit stops uh, during this race. So it'll be, the first one will be uh, 45 minutes or a little bit after that. Uh, that is the minimum drive time for the... This is a pro-am category, so there's a pro driver and an am driver. It has to be the, the lesser experienced drivers, uh, at least in, in TCR, that starts uh, this race. Actually, it doesn't in the series, does it? Scratch that, but it's still it's a two-driver race. You can, you can start whoever you like, in actual fact, so scratch that comment uh, as we see that pit stop taking place number 61 car. But uh, every driver has to be the minimum 
space. And there's some teams out here that have definitely, uh, for example, Alan Briniovsky, he, he will want to hand over that number seven car to Trent Hinman as quickly as he possibly can. So he can't do that till after 40 minutes have expired. And by the way, Briniovsky's just lost the position to Russell Ward. Uh, he's now coming under a little bit of pressure from Jim Cox. Uh, that is the battle now for sixth and seventh positions. Jim Cox has made up a couple of places over the last few laps. Shit. That looks like a left front tire change only for Gavin Ernstone, who with his co-driver John Morley, were looking for a very strong finish here last year when a big accident actually brought those hopes to an end. So they're hoping to put it to head down and get Gavin the rest of his drive time before handing over to John. Another Audi that's been struggling with issues all day is the Fast MD car. They did change the ECU, but it is still a sensor issue that's plaguing that car. So Max Faulkner back in the pit lane. The 23 has only completed three laps of this race, and they are still working with Audi to try and fix whatever's plaguing that car. Appreciate Adam with that VP Racing Fuel pit report coming down to 90 minutes to go. Our prediction, if it stays green, and there's another hashtag player behind it, is this will be a 44-0 lap race. Excuse me, it will be a 51-lap race. So that means 40 to go. So start thinking about how you're going to break that up. And that's what the teams will be doing. They run the software as well. They'll be breaking it all up as the battle for second and third continues. And looks to me as though the Aston Martin has managed to sneak ahead of Scott Maxwell. And the Carbon car is right at the tailpipes of Scott Maxwell as well. Let's just confirm that visually as they come across the start-finish line. Yeah, Nate Stacey does go through in second with the Ford Mustang GT4 now third. So a position made up there, Jeremy, that time around by Nate Stacey. Yeah, and uh, he's got the hurry on here as Nate Stacey. Robbie Foley beginning to disappear up the road a bit. Two point eight seconds now is the lead for Robbie Foley, who's just set a new fastest lap of race, although... Uh, behind him, back up into fifth place now is Russell Ward. He has just gone purple. 155.023 for Russell Ward. He's trying to tra chase down Tyler McQuarrie, who's at the uh, tail end of that lead. Well, three three car battle for second place now. He's Stacey ahead of Maxwell, and then McQuarrie in fourth position. Russell Ward is five and a half seconds behind that uh, battle in the fifth position in the pole sitting car. TCR gaggle heading down to the first corner and Gavin Ernst has just come out in front of that scrap which includes the number 98 second place car right in behind them Harry Gatzgotzaga in the 21 that's the black under Veloster so Gavin with a bit of uh, rearguard action the leader I think has already gone past him yes he has he's the road, Chavez has pulled out a handy lead, having got past a couple of the GS cars on the track. He's now actually running 18th overall. He's just put his fastest first sector of the race in, which is actually just as quick, but quicker in the first sector than the next two GS cars ahead of him, which is Rob Furriol and Vin Barletta. So just underlining, Jeremy, what we're saying about how quick those TCR cars are in the twistings. 
Yeah, that's right. But that, that, there's a great battle going on that amongst those TCR cars for second place in the cars class. As you say, Gabby Chab is making his escape, and uh, the other cars they're all battling there with Ramin up Bahabi in the 09 automatic racing Aston, who's a lot quicker on the straights, but not not nearly as quick through the corners. So that's a a, a, a hurdle for those TCR cars to overcome. Out of the hairpin at the far end of the circuit. Right in there, the number 54, the dark red GDC Miller Motorsports Audi RS3. Just trying to keep those Hyundais honest. Got Sacker in the 21. In behind the light blue team car. Sitting ahead of him, Michael Lewis. Chavez nearly five seconds up the road. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's because a new fastest lap of the race there by the second place man there. Nate Stacey responds at 55.018 for Nate Stacey. said the lap record uh, is uh, could be quicker than 52.7 for Ross Gunn last year. But uh, Nate Stacey now has got past Scott Maxwell and pulling away rapidly in second place. Robbie Foley. Another good lap from him, but that gap, remember this, 2.5 seconds, Nick Stacey on attack mode, dragging with him Scott Maxwell and Tyler McQuarrie, there's six seconds between the top four, then another three seconds further back for the recovering Russell Ward of Winwood Racing in that dark grey number four, Mercedes AMG GT. Then Nick Galanta in the Bimmer World BMW, the number eight, actually top six, and they're under 20 seconds. Plenty of racing still to go here at the Michelin Pilot Challenge at VIR. At uh, IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, by the way. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Yes, yes, yes another new fastest lap. It's now Russell Ward again in car number four who's uh, got down to the 154.717. So he's uh, continuing to close on Tyler McQuarrie. We're watching this battle now. Tyler McQuarrie has found a way past Scott Maxwell, I think, at turn one on this lap. So now the Audi, car number 39, up into third position. Scott Maxwell fading to fourth and closing in on him quite quickly is Russell Ward in their whole sitting uh, Mercedes for Winwood Racing. Gabby Chavez now up to 18th position, leading the TCRs. From Lewis, Gottsacker, Rockman, they're all Hyundais. Johnson, the first of the Audis. Remember, we started this race with a bit of safety car, so it will push the fuel window just a little bit. We've had half an hour of racing, and it's Turner Motorsport that leads by Two seconds, Robbie Foley making the most of his opportunity and a good restart as well after that first safety car intervention. From Stacey McQuarrie, another five seconds further back for Carbon. then Maxwell, half a second away. And Russell Ward, the man charging at the moment, as Jeremy said. Uh, Russell can be a bit of an enigma sometimes, Jeremy. There's no doubt about his speed. Um, his consistency, particularly early in his career, was was not there, but he had he had very little racing experience when he came into it was a Damien Faulkner, wasn't it, who 
brought Russell and his dad Bryce into the pro ranks and was working very hard uh, with them. I, I do see an improvement in Russell's driving ace concentration levels and most importantly his consistency. And, and that's, you know, that's not the worst thing. If you've got someone that's fast, it's easy to teach them to be consistent rather than to have someone who's consistent but slow and you've got to try and teach them to be fast. Yeah, that's true. It's, you know, if the speed is there, you can, you can normally calm it down a little bit, but that's still something I think Russell still needs to work on clearly with his mistake at the first corner. But still, he's, uh, he's worked his way nicely back through the field. He's set the fastest lap of the race and he's now right on the tail battle for third with Tal McCorry having got past Scott Maxwell and then Russell Wood is right with him also up into sixth position really good run for Nick Galanti he's slipped back at the start he started eighth fell back to 12th he's now worked his way all the way back into sixth position ahead of Jim Cox then Jeff Mosing Alan Brynjolfsson he has kind of faded the other way a little bit but still running inside the top 10 just ahead of Sheena Monk in the McLaren who is in 10th place Shea Adam is our VP Racing Fuels pit lane reporter. Any gossip coming from the pits? Any chatter? Anybody looking strategically at what's going on? Shea, what do you have? We are five minutes away now from the pit window opening for minimum drive time having been met. And there are some teams, particularly those in TCR, who will not be coming in as soon as the window opens. They're going to extend this race and split it directly in half. Now, I don't want to give away any trade secrets as to who's told me that they're going to do that with their strategies. But I will say that it has been for more than one team that they are just doing it one hour for you, one hour for you. Keep it nice and simple and fair between their drivers. Thank you, Shit. Just keeping an eye on these times. And how quick can Russell Ward close in? Answer very quickly indeed. He's only half a second now between him and the Multimatic Ford Mustang. He has that fastest lap of the race a couple of laps ago. He's closed in within 10 seconds of the race leader now, Jeremy, considering how he went off the road early on. All right, I know there's been a a safety car but this is it's a good drive back he's got to keep his head down keep that concentration that's right he's got to find a way past Scott Maxwell too now because uh, Nate Stasio he's the guy who's on the charge in the last few laps he's uh, he was almost three seconds when he finally got past number 22 car of Maxwell five laps ago Nate Stacey the gap between himself and the race leader was 2.8 seconds it's now down to just over a second actually a little, a little less than a second as they go through the next uh, split point on this racetrack so nate stacy in that core, core motorsports aston martin is homing in on the race leading tournament sport bmw of robbie foley And a little bit further down the order, uh, Sheena Monk, she's just lost a couple of positions to Tom Collingwood, uh, who's doing a really nice job in the top 10. Uh, Bryce Ward also now up to 11th place. Sheena Monk down to 12th. Then James Hezek to Tim Probert, Finn Barletta, and Frank DePew, who's doing a pretty good job in the Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro. He's had various incidents in the uh, other races this season, but that car is fast. Robin Liddell showed how quick that, that car is in practice yesterday 
Rodden will be chopping at the bit, I'm sure that number 71 car will be one of the first cars to come onto pit lane once the uh, pit stop window opens, which is uh, about, about three minutes from now, yeah. about three minutes to go. Yeah, about now isn't good enough, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm not here. Uh, that's why I'm not a team manager. Game on for the for the lead though the two leaders here we are there's the here's Robbie Foley coming into uh, turn four there right behind and now is Nate Stacy in that very distinctive core motorsports Aston Martin I say distinctive core motorsports they 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 they'd run nothing but forwards I mean Dean Martin there and uh, and uh, and uh, Dean Ver and Larry Verhagen. Larry Rehagen. Uh, they've run Ford for years and years and years. They switched to the Aston Martin last season, and that car is running absolutely beautifully now. They've had a great start to the season. Nate Stacey, Carl Marcelli came into this championship, into this fourth round of the championship, just three points behind the, the championship leaders, Tyler McClory and Jeff Westfall. They start off the season with a fifth place finish. They've been second each of the last two races, running second place again right now. That's Nate Stacey in car number 60. Yeah, it's been a good run to the front for that multicolored Aston Martin, pink, blue and white. And he has got the leader in sight now. 154.622 last time around is that new fastest lap. Tyler McQuarrie up into third. He's got ahead of Maxwell then. Russell Ward still right on the tail of the multi-match Ford Mustang in that battle, which is now for fourth position. Going to be another lap for the leaders. They go across the line now. Just a few moments ago. A bit of damage to the 39. Oh, now that's significant on the right-hand side. And was there another touch there going... Ah, no, it's the 93, excuse me. We're in the same colour scheme. Uh, and that's one of the Carbon uh, Audis, the 91, running into the TCR Audi into the first corner. That was uh, the Gavin Ernston car. He's had a really difficult opening stanza to this, Jeremy, with the left front tyre issue and then being attacked by uh, the Carbon Motorsports GS, the Audi R8 GT4, it's the Mark Siegel driven car, and that will be being looked at by the race due. It's meantime, front of the field, back to the battling that we've come to expect in this championship as they climb towards the far end of the circuit from the pit lane. It's that very quick entry to turn number 11 before the oak tree turn at 12. And is do my eyes deceive me, Jeremy, or is does that number 60, Aston Martin V8 Vantage, just look to have a little bit more through the centre and off the corner? But my goodness, the BMW is doing well down the straights. Yeah, it is, isn't it? There doesn't seem to be an awful lot to choose between them, but the Aston Martin is looking after its tyres really, really well. It's, uh, it's certainly running relating to a stick now, but having said that, Robbie Foley, he just turned his best lap of the race last time around. That's 18 laps in the books, and he's going uh, quicker than he had before. 1 minute 54.8 last time around for Robbie Foley, the race leader. Now he's going to jump into the pit lane. There's already been one car onto the pit lane. That was the number 71 car, Frank Depew, to hand over to Robin Liddell. Now the second of the cars to go into pit lane, our erstwhile leader is Robbie Foley. Yeah, and that's all about the time. They're not necessarily short of fuel at that point. 
Uh, it's all about getting the minimum drive time in the book for the starting driver. So Bill Oberlin will take over what was the leading BMW. It looks like full service too, Shea Adam. Full service and getting Robbie Foley out of that car because he needs to get into the other Turner Motorsports BMW. That's the 96. Minimum time has been met. So that means that Vin Barletta will be coming into the pit lane and Robbie will be taking over the reins of that machine. Fuel and tires for them. Fuel and tires also, as well as a driver change for the 22 Multimatic Racing Ford Mustang. This car would cost 30 kilos, as was uh, BOP in between the last two races. And it's Seth Rio, whose father last raced at VIR about six years. Well, Andy is here, but he is not driving this weekend. He's being uh, the good karting dad. Robbie, out of the 95, is now getting into the 96, and he is getting some things Michelin. Also into the pit lane, it's worth noting that the 35 is in. That was Jim Cox who brought in the Mercedes for Riley Technologies. Dylan Murray will be taking it back out. The 7 Archangel Racing Porsche is in. That's the bright yellow one, and that will be Trent Hinman going back out in that car. We also see the 38 Porsche in. Tom Collingwood doing a very good job in his opening stint. Jan Halen, who has been super fast all weekend, will be taking it back out. And also of note, we have the 71 in the pit lane as soon as the window opened. I think it was about one second after the window opened. And that means that Robin Liddell is now installed behind the wheel of the Chevy as we have gone to full course caution. Yeah, it's the uh, number four car that is off course at turn number five. It's another off for Russell Ward and he's got that car back going again. Ah, oh, no, hang on a second. That that was after the full course yellow, according to race control, unless that was the, when they just picked it up. Uh, he did come to a halt, and he's come to a halt again, I think. So safety car out for the second time of asking. So, well, now, what's that going to do to everybody Pivotal. who's just stopped? Pivotal. Fantastic for the guys who've already stopped because uh, they were able to uh, cycle around to the back of the field. And once the pits are opened, which will not be until everybody else is packed up behind the safety car, all those uh, cars that have made that first stop will be golden. They will uh, leapfrog to, through into the lead. They won't need to stop. Everybody else will. Well, Robin Liddell was the first one in, and uh, going out the 22, Motorcraft Ford. Oh, did it hit the tyre? It didn't, may have, but he didn't drive right and move it. He had to be pushed back. Well, oh, then he did hit it on the way out, so that's going to be a penalty. That's going to be well, a penalty for the 22. Yeah, one would have hoped the 38 team would have put that tyre in, a, in a, uh, a better place than that, however, so he might be able to plead his way out of that one. Uh, that was really unfortunate for number 38 car to come in directly in front there. And uh, it's, it, the good news is, I mean, they've already made their pits up. If, the, the, if they can get away without a penalty, that's Seb Prio who's rejoining there. If they can get away without a penalty, they'll be okay. They'll be, I'm sure they'll be uh, suggesting that that 38 team could have moved that tyre into a better location rather than leaving it slap in the middle of where the 30, 22 car needed to exit its own pit box. At this is sorry, go ahead. Well, just very quickly, bad news this is then for all the drivers that have not yet pitted. The top nine cars in GS have not yet made a pit stop. In 10th position is the TCR leader overall. That's Gabby Chalmers. So it was indeed 
Uh, full course yellow, I'm having this confirmed uh, from race control. It was the four that brought out the full course yellow. Just looking at the race control channel, it was a moment or two before the car was identified, full course yellow being put on the race control channel first, of course, because that's the most important thing. It helps me to know which car it was and where. I don't see any damage to that Russell Ward car. So, and, and the fact that it moved and then stopped, I wonder if there's some underlying problem there may have been caused from when he first went off the circuit or maybe something completely unrelated. But having had the elation, Jeremy Shaw, of pole position, it's gone sour very quickly for Winwood Racing and for uh, Russell in that car. Pits are open this time round for GS. Take us from everybody at the front, Jeremy. I'd expect. Yeah, um, yes, I would think so. We're we're well into a stint, so I think they don't have much choice. But uh, certainly, the good news is for the championship. Twenty well, laps for, for, for the, the leaders. The, the, the top two cars in the championship uh, have not yet uh, made a pit stop, but the, the, the third place car in the championship has made a pit stop. That's Jim Cox, who's handed over the number. Uh, 35 car to Dylan Murray, I think. Yes. Uh, so uh, it's, but for the other two championship contenders, there's three points separating. They're going to be inconvenienced by this timing of the caution because they are going to go right to the back of the, behind all those cars who have already been onto that lane. Shea Adam is watching a very busy pit lane as the GS runners get the first shot at a pit stop. Nick Drifty is out of the 39, and it is Jeff Westfall taking over the green and black Audi. The championship leaders coming into this race as further up the pit lane in the Aston Martin for Core Motorsports. Still weird to say that. It is Kyle Marcelli who has been installed for Nate Stacey after Nate's fantastic opening stint. Also into the pits, we've got the 80. It's Nick Galante who did his job in handing over to Dylan McAvern. A very good story from that team. One car only this weekend in the race after the crash in the practice. They're, all their efforts are behind that 80. Jeff Mosing brought in the 56 Marilla Racing Mercedes. Eric Foss will take it back out. Bryce Ward brought in the number 57 Windward Rating Racing Mercedes. And that is his normal co-driver taking back over this weekend as he's had a couple different ones over the course of the year but once again it is Philip Ellis the young Englishman we've got Corey Lewis in the number three motorsport and action McLaren and Spencer Pompelli step back to the fences in that number 31 hardpoint Audi at Ipsa Radio if you want to get in touch with us hello Sarah Rigby who is now watching up in Crewe the home of Bentley as I know I say that every time but that's become one of the things that we say isn't it uh, hello to Rebel Rock Racing as well, who I know are tuned in. They are one of the teams who will have a huge advantage from going in early. I reckon they are going to be no worse than sixth when we restart with a fired-up Robin Liddell behind the wheel of that Chevrolet Camaro. So... So did the 90, the 95 car did come in before the full course yellow. So Orbelin's going to be the leader once the TCR cars come in. Uh, it should be Dylan Murray in second for Riley Motorsports Mercedes. And then Trent Hinman for Archangel Motorsports, having taken over uh, 
that car, that's the bright yellow number seven car. So they've that's worked well for them as well, Jeremy. And Trent in third, uh, he'll not need any second invitations to try and go forward from there. Indeed so. And uh, the number seven car, uh, has, uh, because of the delay in the pits for number 22, that enabled Trent Hinman to get ahead of Seb Prio. Behind them will be Jan Halen in the BGB Motorsports Porsche. That car has also been super fast in practice already this weekend. And then Robin Liddell, as you say, in sixth place. Robbie Foley, uh, who was uh, leading the race early on, is now uh, still in, in very much in contention, but in a different car <laughs> in seventh place. I've, I've been in a race where my teammate has done that, has raced two cars. And that means you've got to have, and we didn't have radios back in the olden days. Uh, so you just had to know and watch your pit signals to make sure that you were in the pit lane as quickly as possible. Obviously, he has to come in, he starts one car and then jumps into another. So you've got to make sure that it all works right. No point in bringing the car he's going to jump into if he's still out on the track. Yeah, that's right. They timed, they timed it absolutely perfectly. The uh, number, the, the second of the car, number 96 car, started by Vin Barletta, was far enough behind that when he came into the pits for its stop on schedule before the it caution came out, it was just enough time for Robin to hop out of one car and get ready to hop into the 96. It couldn't have been any better. And, of course, with the, with the caution right afterwards, even better for that Turner Motorsport team. They could have a 1-2 finish here. Oh, yes. And then which step does Robbie stand on? I've seen that happen before uh, at Dubai. <laughs> uh, we've seen that happen before. VP Racing Fuels Pit Report for TCR Pit Stop. Shout out. We've got a whole lot of TCR cars in the pit lane. In fact, all of them have come in. So what I was talking about before, where teams were talking about splitting the strategy evenly between the race, well, that went out the window. The first car onto the pit lane was the 33. Brian Hurd Autos for uh, Hyundai, that's the red one. Gabby Chavez's first time starting the race, but every single time in a race this year, that car has pitted from the lead. So they have quite the streak to keep going. They have worked on the driver changes before, and it will be a driver change for this one. But the car that gets out first is the blue one. That is the 98. It was Mikey Lewis who started that one. It is Mason Felipe who is taking it over. Harry Gottsacker will hand over to Mark Wilkins in the black one. That's the 21, and that is the second car off the pit lane. Third back out is the 33, so that is the red uh, Hyundai. And then fourth, we've got Shelby Blackstock finally in a Honda getting to turn some laps as the 29 Hyundai, the last one of the Brian Hurd Autosports car, is now back out and moving. And that's still showing is Spencer Brockman behind the wheels, so no Parker Chase as of yet. Other driver changes that we had include Stephen Simpson, now in the 54 JDC Miller Motorsport Audi, and, of course, Matt Pombo in the 73 Honda. So there's two Hondas left in this race. Let's see what they can do. Autosport team, John. The Brian Hurd, of course, not here this weekend. He's got uh, another duty to perform, well, right now, actually. Uh, fairly important. He's in Indianapolis, hoping to guide one of his cars to its third victory in the Indianapolis 500. It was Marco Andretti that qualified on the pole. So Brian Hurd is not here to oversee the team this weekend. Uh, and we'll be all catching up that, on that as a team. That's what DVRs are for. Uh, yep. As a team, we'll be catching up on that later on. I'm about... 35 minutes into the pre-show in the gap that we have between our broadcast. Just time to uh, grab some excellent homemade meatballs uh, for a quick snack before we came back for the Michelin, Michelin Pilot Challenge. And I, I fear another late night 
coming on. It was after three in the morning before my head hit the pillow uh, yesterday after an extremely long day of racing here at VIR with our other broadcast commitments. Do you have another race to comment on, John, after that? You had, I know you had some before it. No, it was, a bef- <laughs> it was all before. Okay. Fortunately, there was no... There was no uh, hold-ups in the the Barcelona race that we were we were covering as well. Uh, the I, I just can't find that I can go straight to bed uh, once I've I've come off a race that was as exciting as the WeatherTech race yesterday. So I sat down and had a snack and uh, caught up with a, a bit of motorsport that uh, I had on. I was going to say I have on tape. That really dates you, doesn't it? When you say that, that I had on digital. Coming back to Green Flag with just on an hour and six minutes to go. Time to turn up the wick, turn up the sound and turn up the excitement level as we go back to Green Flag with Bill Orbelin leading out. The man who has more race victories in IMSA than any other driver. He sits alone but never aloof on 61 victories. Will he get number 62 for the Well, look what happened to Corvette. They were looking for the big victory for such a long time in terms of getting their 100 IMSA victory in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And since they've got that, they've not been able to stop winning. Is that going to happen for Bill Orbelin as well? With the monkey off the back, as we talked to Robbie Foley yesterday in our Michelin post-race tech programme. The whole team breathing a sigh of relief. They like to go out for tacos when they win. I can't imagine that double taco Sunday if they have two victories. I, I can't even begin to explain how that's going to work for Turner Motorsport and Will Turner and the rest of the guys. But it's Orbiter that leads out. Awesome restart. Fully a second on the rest of the field. Then it's Murray, Hint- uh, Hintman, Seb Prio. She's saying that uh, Andy... Andy was uh, Andy was here, but not driving. No, he is driving. He's driving the Ford F350 that he bought with the uh, the fifth wheel to pull the uh, big motorhome RV that he bought. And those guys are staying over until about November to make sure that Seb can fulfil his motor racing commitments. That is, as Jeremy said there in the background, Jan Halen for BGP Motorsports. And all of those first four or five cars setting cracking sector types off the restart. Meantime in TCR, side-by-side action for the lead. Mason Felipe and Mark Wilkins. Mason in the eggshell blue under Veloster N. Fortunate enough to sample recently the close cousin of this car, the i30N Fastback, i30M Performance Fastback, 275 horsepower in a street car from a two-litre engine with an electronic diff, and it has got a Rice Krispies setting on it as well, by the, which means it goes snap, crackle and pop every time you lift off. It sounds like a group head rally car. Absolutely fantastic thing. Totally fell in love with it, under 30,000 pounds in the UK. And that's the same platform that these cars are based on. The Veloster, the i30N Hatchback, and Fastback all sharing the same running gear. And that's why the TCRs run in different shapes depending on where they are in the world. The Veloster N available in the States, whereas the i30N Hatchback is not at the moment. Now, let's head back up to GS Bill and trying to get away from the battles behind him, but go down to the 
Laura Edges in the top 10, and Robbie Forley in Turner Motorsports 96 car now is in seventh from Kyle Marcelli for core and the Aston Martin Vantage. They're coming out of Oak Tree now, and right in behind them, it's the 40 PF race, and you can't miss that one because that is the pink Mustang. And behind that, actually, Eric Voss is not that far away, and neither is Bryce Ward for Windward Racing. And then we've got Gary Lewis for Motorsports in action. And then we've got Spencer from Pelly for Hardpoint. They're all lying astern, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, it's tight out there, it really is. We saw at the restart, Trent Hinman had a look on the inside of Dylan Murray in turn one, wasn't able to make that stick. Uh, and Bill Orban leads this race, therefore. You talked about Bill Orban's uh, record, record streak yesterday, or most um, top-class American sports car races. This won't count for that. That was just uh, the, for the uh, top line into the races. This won't count towards that, that number, but it'll still be another accomplishment for Bill Orban, who's been super successful in everything he's ever done. And he'll be looking today for victory number 16 in this championship, and this is his 99th start in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. So we'll have to remind him of that next time. Out. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Eversley is making his 100th start, by the way, in this race, although I think it's his car out. Yes, uh, Taylor Hagler was out early on, so uh, unfortunately it won't be a successful uh, celebration. So I have a question Ryan then, Eversley. a statistical question, Jeremy, on that. So as, as he didn't get into the car, and I'll come to the car that's off in a moment, does that mean that doesn't count for his 100th start? No, uh, that's a very good question. In this series, I'm actually counting that if it's two drivers, uh, then they uh, that they do count as a start, in actual fact. But um, there'll be an asterisk, certainly. Right. We're back to full course, yellow. Turn one, being a scene of a few incidents this weekend. And once again, a car has gone through the first layer of the retaining tyres, or at least the uh, tyres that are meant to slow them down. That's an extremely fast place to go off the circuit. And it's the... Now, is it, it's a Hyundai, for sure, and it went off at unabated speed and got through to the second layer of that. And I, I, Is that the 47 Motorsports car? I think it is. I, I think it is Alex Papadopoulos, isn't it? I can barely see it uh, through with the tyres that are around it at Turn 1. The, we've already got a safety crew there. And with spot yeah. on an hour to go, it is. It's the green uh, and orange car. So that is Alex Papadopoulos. So I really did curse him when I put him back in the Alpha earlier on, on the first lap. He's had no luck since. That's definitely a hashtag. Blame Hindy. Turn one was the uh, scene of the uh, very scary looking incident on was it Friday, yeah, was it Saturday? It was Saturday, wasn't it? The big accident that, uh, that took the cars out and took the car out of this race. Yesterday morning, correct. That was uh, Devin Jones going off, but he went off a little bit more toward the entrance of turn one this is more further along it's more uh, halfway around the circle almost there is a lot of runoff there but it is slightly downhill and it's all grass i've never seen so many cars going straight on at that corner in the years that i've been coming here and it was a, 
and the American Le Mans series have been coming here for quite a few years now. Good to see that the AMR intervention Porsche Cayenne S and indeed one of the IMSA AMR Chevy safety trucks already there. Car is coming out with, as you might imagine, damage to the front. Went pretty much straight on and has lost a lot of front bodywork, but no damage to the passenger cell of the car, or should I say the driver's cell? And driver is out. Oh, that's Ben Waddell. I was going to say that's not Alex, although. That's definitely what it says on the timing and scoring, but that is Ben Waddell who got out of that car. That was why I paused and cheer you anticipated my next question before <laughs> I even said it. Hive mind, John, hive mind. Uh, we spend a lot of time together. Well, that's another nasty one. Can't understand how that has happened unless he got a little bit of help there. So the 47 Motorsport, number 47, grey and orange Hyundai will be recovered back to the pit. This has been a, it's been a bit bitty, hasn't it? We haven't really got into a, got into any kind of rhythm here, and that's messing me. I'm, I'm, it's going to sound like Paul Trusswell here, and if you're going to sound like anybody, it's not the worst person to sound like. I'm not getting the data I want for my fuel calculations here. Not happy with this at all. I'm checking the strategy software here at the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Not sure what this does for the drivers. I suppose it depends where you are. If you want a bit of a charge, Jeremy, as Robin Liddell was, fifth position for him. Trent Hinman was trying to make up some positions as well. Does this help you? You've cooled your tyres down. Robin was the first car in, of course, so he will stretch his stint just a little bit further than he'd expected to, but the same can be said for everybody who stopped after him as well. So, really, any advantage to anybody, this uh, this uh, full course yellow? No, that's correct. Uh, other than the, the drivers that had made their pit stops before everybody else, and that was the top, uh, what was it, six or seven, I think it was, uh, before uh, the restart. But certainly for Robin Liddell, he's managed to get past Jan Halen since the restart, so that puts him in even better shape. Up into fifth place now for Robin Liddell, and those two cars, number 71 Chevrolet and number 38 Porsche Cayman, along with number 7 Porsche Cayman, have been amongst the fastest cars here uh, yesterday as well in the in the, uh, the one dry practice session that they had. But uh, you never count out Bill Oblin, do you, with the amount of success he has had at every racetrack on this planet, it seems like. Uh, but uh, this is a, a loaded field up the front here. Bill Oblin, Dylan Murray, who's a proven winner nowadays, even though he's still remarkably only 18 years of age from Cartersville in Georgia, second generation driver, of course, his, his dad David had a lot of success in IMSA competition. Seb Prio, the youngster in the fourth, another youngster in fourth position, right behind Trent Hidman, who's a former series champion. Then it's Robin, Robin Liddell and Jan Halen and Robbie Foley. Carl Marcelli is in the eighth position, but the number 39 car, the other championship contender, the championship leader coming to this weekend, Jeff Westfall. Uh, he has uh, dropped back into the 13th position. So he has, uh, yeah, he just hasn't made up any ground at the, since the restart. 
looking at the pit stops for the TCRs, Jeremy. They all came in on the same lap in the last caution. And we've now got 54 minutes to go. That was, what, some five laps ago. They'd be able to go to the end from here. Because they can do nearly an hour. And, and we've been under caution for a, a couple of those five laps since they came by out again. It's going to be close, isn't it? For, for TCR? Yeah. yeah I, th I think TCRs probably can get to the end, actually. Yeah. yeah with uh, If this is uh, much of a caution period, yes, I think uh, it'll be, they, they will be able to, to go to the end, no problem at all. Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking sort of thinking out loud there as I was scrolling down to have a look at when the pit stops happened and how many laps they had done. Uh, this is not the predicted lap total at the end of another 54 minutes down to 50 laps or 22, 23 laps to go, depending on the pace once we get back underway. I tell you what, very lucky lad. Ben Waddell because the front of that car first of all isn't too badly damaged and secondly and I didn't think this would be the case but going straight on there he's actually done a better job of keeping the car in one piece and himself in one piece than if he pitched it sideways you normally think let's get it sideways to scrub a bit of pace off Jeremy but when you're on grass that's not necessarily going to help and what you don't want it to do is dig in and then start rolling he just went straight off into that first row of tyres. And that first row of tyres doesn't necessarily look terribly high-tech, but, my goodness, they dissipate the energy, and that's exactly what they did. Well, they do, and particularly when they are spaced from the uh, the uh, Armco barrier that's Correct. behind you. And I think there was, a, there was a gap there, so that, that dissipates a lot of energy. I mean, if the tyres are right up against the Armco barrier or up against uh, a, a, you know, a solid wall, as in, as in many locations on many racetracks, that the, the tyres will still cushion somewhat, but when there's a gap between the tyres and the, the real hard thing, then that dissipates an awful lot, a lot more energy as well. So, yeah, big safety feature there. And uh, certainly for Ben Waddell, he's a little bit lucky in that respect that he was able to, uh, you know, that a lot of that energy will have been uh, absorbed by that tyre barrier. It'll still, however, have been a pretty heavy impact, and he'll feel that in the morning for sure. Yeah, you start to ache where the shoulder straps and the lap belts were. There's very few people who've been out in a racing car who haven't had an incident, whether it was their fault or not. And the bruises will start to come up probably about this time tomorrow for Ben. He'll start to feel it. Or maybe, maybe on Tuesday morning when he gets out of bed and go, oh, hang on a minute, I don't remember. Oh, look, I've got these lovely bruises coming up here over the shoulders. I speak of what I know. 51 minutes to go. Shea Adam, the safety car lights are out. Uh, Shea just musing to herself if the TCR cars could go from here. What does that mean for the race, Shea? Uh, means that potentially a TCR car could win overall. It, it's still a big ask. We have a long way to go. Fuel windows are tight for everybody. I've just checked in with a couple of TCR teams and they said, it's going to be close, um, but I did just get an answer back from Russell Ward as to why the four stopped out on track. It was a loose battery ground cable. The car has just come back out of the pit lane, though, so it is back out and circulating the black Mercedes once again, this time with Indy Donchi behind the wheel.
Oh, that makes you want to scream out loud, uh, VP Racing Fuels pit report. Um, what Shea is alluding to is that the TCRs will stay out on track and the guys at the front set a decent pace, about halfway up the GS field in terms of lap times. But, of course, all the GS cars will have to stop one more time to have enough fuel to go to the end. The balance of that is how much quicker in lap times will the front of the GS field be how far away will they get to offset the time that they'll have to come in to the pit lane? It's not beyond the bounds. It really isn't beyond the bounds. But we've, without a, a bit more of a, a help, I think, it's unlikely. But I'm going to watch to see how far the TCRs get up because there could be a bit of a chase on at the end. Of course, they wouldn't be battling for class position, but they'd be battling for overall uh, position and it might be that the TCRs would just let the GSs back through again. Shall we go back racing again so that we don't have to muse about these things? Ah, into the pit lane, the number 71. That's Robert Liddell out of fifth position. I think he's going to splash now for enough fuel to get to the end, Jeremy. That must be, the, that must be surely, the, the thought from that because I don't see any issues other than that. A new set of tyres... Or is it just one new tyre? Shea Adam. Right now they're changing the left front, but I thought I saw the fuel probe attached. Uh, the door was open, so a new drinks bottle was going in. They're also changing the left rear, running around the other side of the car, still up in the air. There was a slight turn of the wheel as it was up on the jack, but I don't think that was power-based. Uh, left side tyres only from my yeah, eyes, John. like it, like it. That is a really, really aggressive call, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah. Whilst the field is still bunched up off the back of the caution, they've come in, they've filled it for 48 minutes and 44 seconds of racing. It will be tight, but it might be doable. And with another potential intervention from the BMW X5 competition, that might get them to the end. I like that. I think that's, I think that's bold. I do as well. As soon as the green came out, the pits are open, you can come in. And that's exactly what that team did. Of course, at that stage, the whole field isn't yet up to full Correct. speed. So while they come around when they come around next time, they will be. So that was a great call, I think, by the Rebel Rock team. And Robin Liddell, he's going to have his gander up. He's going to be charging hard as soon as he comes out on the pit lane. And the other advantage he's got, Jeremy, he's in clear air right now. All right, he's going to catch the back of the train of cars that was behind the safety car. But in relative terms, if you project forward he's getting some great clean laps in now they're at least going to be somewhere close to what the guys at the sharp end of the field are doing no quite well yeah he's not going to catch the tail end of the field for quite a while yet i think he's going yeah. to be a long way behind the rest of the pack so yeah i think that's a great a great call all around and if of course if there is a full call oh, caution everybody else is going to have to come in and he's going to he's not you have to worry about everybody else because he is going to leapfrog to the front yes good point 47 it was about 48-45 when Rebel Rock came in. Side by side, motoring for third and fourth position, fourth and fifth position, excuse me, Sem Priot and Jan Halen. The, the, the tiny Cayman 718 in that green colourway, barely being able to be seen between the BMW M4 GT4 and ahead of it, the Ford Mustang from Multimatic. Prio wins out on that one as he heads up the climbing S's, that sinuous ribbon of tarmac that runs out from turn five 
effectively all the way up to turn number 11. A couple of very quick corners there, where on a qualifying lap, even in the GT car, you'll be flat through some of them, a breathe on the throttle for others, and maybe just a little settling touch of the brake for the other ones. And it's knowing which one's which and what you can get away with. Four car is back in the pit lane. Uh, but that's a uh, penalty over the wall early, drive through. Ah, Robert Liddell wheel rotation while on the jack stands, drive through for the 71 Rebel Rock car. I think that's a bit unlucky. I thought that was the crew member spinning the wheel as he took the wrench off, if I'm honest. But that's been reported. I suppose it depends which side you were looking from. But I didn't think that Robin had even had that car in gear when that started to spin. They might be. They well, might be. Surely would have had the brakes on. Well, yeah, exactly. Should have, should have, should have had the brakes on. So, uh, God, that's a costly miscue for goodness' sake. That's exactly that what that team uh, did, did need. So the, the, the penalty for the car number four. Who cares about that? That's way off the case, off the off the pace now. But look up in the second place on this restart. Uh, Trent Hidman was able to sneak past David Murray up into second place, and now Bill Orbelin, who was uh, trying to win for the second time on IMSA weekend. But he's done it several times through his career. The most recent time, thanks to Nate Stevens, was, was uh, circling the Americas in 2013 when he won both races in conjunction with Paul Dallalana, who was also 2011 at Homestead. Carbon 39, Audi in from its position, sitting in 16th. Jeff Westfall brought the car in. A new set of tyres on that. She'll keep eyes on that for the moment. Just hearing, by the way, we're talking about Devin Jones and from John DeGeese at Sportscar365. Devin, thumbs up picture on his social media, but has had to have surgery for a broken arm and a broken back after his accident yesterday. We wish him all the best, Devin. We miss you. I'm sure you're tuned in and watching what's going on. We'll be pleased to have you back. Do your rehab, listen to the physios, do the work. There's no other way, I'm afraid. And uh, we wish you all the best, fella. Yeah, what a shame. The 25-year-old from uh, Mooresville, North Carolina, has had four wins in this championship, and uh, he's, he was having another good, strong season, he and James Fair. hadn't had any luck at all this year, but uh, he went even worse yesterday with that massive accident. So uh, we do indeed look forward to, to Devin Jones and James Clay, for whom this was, of course, the home race for the Bimmer World team. Uh, looking forward to seeing them back soon. Just checked in with the 61 crew. That's the Road Shagger Racing Audi. Remember, Gavin Ernstone had a puncture very early on in his first stint. Well, due to some good pit work and some good driving, too, they've managed to stay on the lead lap and get back out in the throes of the fight. So currently eighth in the class, but John Morley is out there turning good times, and Gavin said the car is still good. They are looking for some serious redemption after last year being involved in a battle that looks like it was going to take them potentially to a podium finish, and instead winding up with a fairly bent car. They want some champagne this year. Oh yes, I remember that. Well reminded. Uh, he's right up at the moment behind the LA Honda World racing Honda Civic for seventh position. That's the number 73 car. Meantime, the sharp end of the field. There's a battle for the lead. 
just the small matter of three cars from three different manufacturers with Bill Orbel and Trent Hinman and Dylan Murray uh, uh, behind the wheels of those three cars. 95, 7 and 35. And they are separated by half a second. And I don't mean half a second between each of them. I mean half a second between first and third as they went through the last intermediate. And at the moment, it does seem as though the Riley Motorsports, that's the wins-coloured AMG GT4. And I was about to say, it was pulling a little better down the back straight. See, off the back of that, Jan Halen's right there for BGP as well, having got past uh, Priod. He's closing in, Jeremy. We're going to have a four-way yeah. scrap here. Well, that's right. I mean, we said earlier on here, he's a super, that's a super fast car. He showed that yesterday. And Jan Halen hasn't been up at the front end for quite a long time. But Tom Collingwood did a really good first stint in that BGV car. And uh, Jan Halen is moving that way into contention. Here, though, is a pit stop for uh, Bill Oblin. This will be for fuel. By the way, Robin Liddell will be kicking himself even more. He just had a new fastest lap of the race. Uh, a 153.959, as I say, that actually Jan Halen clips a tenth of a second off that to set the fastest lap in that third place, car number 38. Shea Adam is watching the Turner Motorsports stop. Interesting move by Turner Motorsport going for fuel only, no new tyres for Bill Oberlin, so he must be reporting that the Michelin rubber underneath him is still good enough. Waiting, waiting now, he's set to go, so 41 minutes. 41 and a half minutes to go in this race. Let's see if when Alan Brynjolfsson's co-driver Trent Hinman comes in for Archangel Motorsport, if Mike Johnson decides to throw some new rubber at the Porsche, that could be the difference between the race win and second. Well, well, they've set out their stall early there, Jeremy. It's a shame, actually, that the Rebel Rock Racing Camaro had got the uh, had got the penalty because I would like to have seen where he came out as uh, to be compared with Robin Liddell there. He'd be back out, but he'd be back out. So they're gambling here. This is all about uh, this is all about track position for Turner right now. Trent Hinman needs to put in the few laps of his life. Jan Halen goes purple. That means he's got the fastest lap of the race. 153.8 for Jan Halen in third position. I did notice Robin Liddell has got the fastest middle sector of anybody last time around with a 47.4. Oh, and off has gone the 37 Motorsport Shelby Blackstone in the LA. Honda World Car, and that was at the top of the hill at the roller coaster, and managed to be avoided by those around them. Another car going backwards across the track here. We've seen quite a lot of that this weekend. And in comes the leaders, first and second. Now this is crucial. It was it was fuel only for the. Uh, for the Turner car, and I've been told Parker Chase did make contact with Shelby Blackstone. That looks like fuel only. Oh no, tyres coming out at least for the AMG and I think for the Porsche. Shit, Adam. This is great. This is Bill Riley versus Mike Johnson in terms of the brains on the pit walls, and it's fuel and tyres for both of them. The left front tyre changer actually just uh, hitting one of the IMSA officials gently on the back with the tyre. No harm, no foul. Looks like uh, she was okay. But just now waiting on the fuel, the Mercedes is first back rolling, waiting on the fuel on the Porsche as the fueler is actually standing on the hood of the car, and there's some He's on the hood to make sure that he's got the extra foot grip. Oberlin has gone through and is gone. Yeah, he's now, got it. He's got it. He comes out. Now, and, and more importantly than that, the second of the Turner cars has jumped both of those 
other two that came in, he came in behind, that's Robbie Foley, who's normally Bill Oberlin's team, well, he's Bill Oberlin's teammate, he drove the car, the other car earlier on in the race, so I'm guessing there, Jeremy, that was fuel only as well for the 95, so they've now got two bullets in their gun and track position, so when we were talking about who was against who in the pit stop battle, in terms of the brains on the pit wall, we have to add in Will Turner and his team as well because they've played, for the moment at least, an absolute blinder as off goes the number 33. That's the bright red Hyundai. Manages, well, I was about to say manages to hold on to it. This was third in class, that car, for Ryan Norman, who's got it back, pointing in the right direction. But my goodness me, right at the top of the S's, he's done very well indeed. Floored the throttle as you do in a front-wheel drive car and somehow managed to get that car on back onto the track without A, crashing into anybody else, or B, losing that much time. Hasn't even got that much, uh, hasn't even got that much grass in the grill because he was going sideways for so long. Halen's in the pit. Amarillo Racing, Alec Voss is in the pit. PF are in the pit. Automatic, Charles Espenlab now behind the wheel of the Aston Martin. They're all in the pits. Shea will keep an eye on that. Jeremy, brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant stuff. We've seen two tyre stops. We've seen four tyre stops. We've seen no tyre stops. Got to love this championship. Yeah, it's sensational, isn't it? And uh, I tell you what, he, he was lucky there. It was Ryan Norman didn't hear anybody because he was in he was in the middle of a, of a four-car battle for the lead in TCR. The class is still led by Mason Filippi from Mark Wilkins. Stephen Simpson now will move up to third place in the best of the non-Brian Hurd Autosport like they've lost their NTCRs. That's the JDC Miller Motorsports Audi. So Stephen Simpson is very much in contention in this race as well. Of course, that's the car that Michael Johnson qualified second fastest on the grid. So the car is quick. We know that. Uh, Michael had a bit of an up and down first stint, but to everybody knows who's a regular listener, my admiration for Michael Johnson. Paralyzed from the, from the chest down. Just fantastic story. It breaks me up every time I talk about it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just showing everybody that uh, determination, grit, fantastic, great attitude from that gentleman. And I use that word advisedly as well. So of the cars that have made their last stops, I reckon Orpelin and Robbie Foley are the ones at the moment who lead, but they are still behind, as Ship rightly predicted, a whole host of TCR cars. Bill Orbelin has got three seconds before he catches up with a line of six cars, which aren't spread out by that much. John Morley driving very well indeed, because it's John Morley, doesn't he always do that? It is sixth in TCR for the Audi, and then there's about seven seconds between him and Mason Felipe, who is leading TCR effectively in now second place in, check that, third place in the race as we've got another two pit callers, Phil Ellis and Corey Lewis for respectively Winwood and, and Mia, Motorsport in action. Seb Prior has stayed out, Brett Mosing has stayed out in the Ford number 22 and the Mercedes number 65. Then we've got the Hyundai TCR Horde. Actually, there's only two of them now. The Stephen Simpson is up into third place because Parker Chase is now in fourth and he's just gone through quickly again with a 57-4, 4-8-4. I think that's the new fastest lap in the race, is it? 
yes it is in the TCRs. So Jeremy, Turner Motorsport will turn his two cars four seconds apart, having now to cut through the TCRs, and this is where they may lose a bit of time, and this is the crucial point for them. Yeah, it certainly is, isn't it? I mean, they'll be catching it pretty quickly, they're not too far behind the TCRs, within 10 seconds of them, so there'll only be uh, two or three laps before they catch up. There is Stephen Simpson in that third place car, Universal Coatings uh, Audi, chasing those two Hyundais out front, Mason Felipe and Mark Wilkins, uh, last year's champion, of course, although they uh, were in different ca cars last year. Uh, the uh, Parker Chaser, you just talked about him having set uh, a new fastest time in the class in fourth position. That's pretty remarkable when you consider last night he was racing a late model uh, stock car at Hickory Speedway. Can you, I can't imagine anything much more di different than a late model a stock car at Hickory Speedway and here at a classic road course at VAR in a front-wheel drive TCR car. Love it. I haven't seen uh, any news of that uh, contact between he and Shelby Blackstock. Uh, I'll keep an eye uh, on that. Shelby uh, is back on the track and just set his new uh, uh, personal best as well. Do you know what? If you said to Parker that, Jeremy, I know exactly what he said. I won't attempt to uh, imitate his accent uh, he's got a fabulous speaking voice, and I love the way he would say, it's got a wheel at each corner, a steering wheel, and pedals. It's just the same. Fast is fast. That's what that's his attitude, though, isn't it, Jeremy? Yeah, it's great. Love it. So, inside the last 35 minutes now, and we expect the TCR battle to go all the way to the end. We're just waiting for Sebastian Prio and Brett Mosing to pit and make their final pit stops. Now, this has been a rather unusual race for GS because of the way the safety cars have fallen. But Sebastian Prior now on his 19th lap, that car did 20 laps with a little bit of assistance from safety car, of course, at the start of the race in the hands of Scott Maxwell, his teammate. But I don't think they're far away from having to pit in terms of their fuel the question will be tyres or no tyres and and is it just a time stop for fuel with 32 minutes left they're not going to need a full tank of fuel so it will be a time stop and then I think the further you go into the race the less likely it is to put new tyres on because your car's going to be lighter at the end in has come the McLaren Shea Adam is watching this stop this is not a planned stop, John. He had come in before to do his final service. This is something more sinister. Oh, that's a shame. Corey Lewis from Motorsport in action in the number three car. That is his third run down the pit lane. Absolutely right. And I can only just see the top of the car across the, uh, the pit lane arm court. Yeah, he's only been out for 15 laps. Did 21 laps of the first stint, that car. Albeit aided. Well, he was in last lap, John. He was in oh. last lap as well. Oh, really? So that's two in quick succession for that car. Correct. Right, Michael, Peter hasn't even caught up with so, that yet. Yeah, so here's Brent Mosley in second place, just went out of the picture. This is the battle for third place on the road, the TCR leaders then. It's still uh, Mason Felipe who, who leads the race with Mark Wilkins in his wheel tracks and Stephen Simpson trying to cling on to the tail of those Hyundais in third position. And, and Mason Felipe leading that category in the 98, the light eggshell blue car, which has almost become the end performance blue, although they seem to have gone to a, 
rather nice uh, flat grey colour uh, recently for the new 2021 cars, uh, for the street cars at least. Mason just put his fastest lap of the race in, 157.6, so he's picking up the pace. He is, isn't he? Yeah, good effort there, and uh, got far be pretty close behind this uh, this little group now is Bill Ormelin in the uh, GS, what we, which is currently third place in GS with two cars ahead of him yet to make a pit stop. We're a long way ahead. Well, he's seven rear is a long, long way ahead. I don't think he's quite got enough time to make a, no. a splash and go and get out ahead of him. But uh, it's been a super run for that Multimatic Motorsports Mustang. But my, what I was going to say there, Bill Oblin is uh, next up in line. And Robbie Foley, his teammate co-driver, <laughs> is actually closing in he on him. He's, he's got that gap down by uh, three or four tenths of a second each of the last couple of laps. Yeah, I remember saying it was nearly four seconds. It was 3.8 seconds. Now it's two seconds. So you spot on there. Jeremy and the gap between Seb Prio and Bill Oberlin is 45 seconds and I don't think as quick and as good as the Multimatic guys are that they can turn that car around uh, from with, with only a 45 second loss of time by the time he slowed down coming out at 17 hit the pit lane speed limiter trundled along the pit lane thinking oh really this is super super slow in comes Morsing well, let's keep an eye on this then. Out of second position, the TCRs have gone through, Orbelin's gone through, Parker Chase has gone through, Robbie Foley's gone through. So, and he hasn't even got to his pit stall yet. Now, he wasn't as far ahead as Seprio in fairness. Uh, and Seprio's just had his best lap of the race, by the way, 1 minute 54.207. That's a really good lap at this stage in the game. It's actually uh, quicker than Bill Orbelin by a tenth of a second. Uh, the only guy I think who was quicker on that lap were Trent Hinman and Bobby Foley. Just looking further down, battle here, yes. Jan Heerlen and uh, Phil Ellis and Eric Voss all in a wee bit of battle here. Or, sorry, Jan Heerlen, Eric Voss and Kyle Marcelli, isn't it, who are in the battle at the moment. And Jan Heerlen again showing his skill has not diminished, his talent has not waned his excitement for racing has not diminished one iota 38 car with that tile or scale pattern on it in the green and yellow the Cayman 718 very distinctive look to that car and he's yeah. ahead of the bright tangerine AMG sorry Jeremy go ahead no I was going to say the, the, that uh, the, the number 60 Aston Martin uh, crucially for him at this stage, he's ahead of the, the, the championship leader coming into this weekend. He's looking to try to make a move now on that Marilla Racing Mercedes. But uh, Jeff Westfall is uh, four or five positions further back down the order, so losing quite a lot of championship ground here. Uh, and that's primarily as a result of being caught out by that uh, full course caution, having to make his pit stop afterwards. And goes through past the Marilla Racing Tangerine Drake. A position in that Aston Mark. I hear the sound of a little cheer coming from Martin and Sarah up in the northwest as Marcelli goes up there to eighth in class. Sebastian Prio is 45 and a half seconds ahead of Bill Oberlin, having taken that half second out in the last lap. But Bill Oberlin's had to fight his way past a couple of TCR cars, but now he's scored in second place. So Prio now. With 27 and a half minutes to go, where is he going to drop back in? Well, we saw, didn't we, where the 
Murillo racing car dropped back in and he's dropped quite a long way down. Yeah, 45 seconds uh, is the lead that Seb Prio has. The longer he can stay out, the less fuel he needs, of course. Uh, but uh, there is Robbie Foley also working his way through the TCR leaders. That's just well, just before he got to the climbing S's. And we just saw a flash of the other yellow and blue turbos will be up there heading up the uh, heading up the hill so there's only a couple of seconds between those two there goes one car and here comes the other one into open tree turn and then that super battle for the tcr cars with dylan murray working his way through them as well and trent hidman uh, pretty much in their wheel tracks just on the situation with tcr remember they stopped with just around about an hour to go, a little bit more than that, but then we went straight into a full course. Uh, we went out of full course yellow and pretty much straight into another one, so they did not have very much more than a couple of three laps of green. And all of them I'm hearing at the sharp end of that TCR field took front Michelin's only. It's doing the work, of course, both turning and putting the power on the ground. What are the rear tyres for on a front-wheel drive car, here? Holding the exhaust off the ground. That's right. Keep it from dragging. 22 leads. That's Seb Prio for Multimatic. Ford Mustang GT4. The Motorcraft colours back in IMSA Racing. It looks a picture and it's going well at the moment. And Bill Oberlin. I mean, they're trading tenths of seconds here. I know they're not side-by-side side rubbing pins, but they might as well be for the competitiveness that's going on at a 45 second distance this is so important for young Sebastian and he's driving very well indeed having taken the car over from Scott Maxwell he's got a bit of clear track ahead of him now he's got to make use of this I would think possibly two maybe three more laps at the outside before fuel is going to be critical and then the question will be, and the tyres. He doesn't need a full tank of fuel. He's going round at least one more time. And maybe, maybe he's got a few more laps under the rear wheels of that car, and more importantly, in the tank. In this 23-lap stint, Jeremy, I reckon there's been seven laps of caution in this stint. So that will help him stretch, but I can't believe that he can, with 23 laps completed, do another 11 laps on top of what he's done, which is approximately what we're going to go to the end. Yeah, no, I don't think that's probably going to be the case, but he's certainly making the point here as Seb Prio. And super consistency at the front of the field. Each of his last four laps have been within, uh, well, maybe a tenth of a second or two. Really remarkable consistency there from Seb Prio. He's doing a great job. He's got a little bit of a traffic on the first part of that lap on that last go around. But he's actually green for his second and third sector, so he's pushing hard. And that, uh, that Ford Mustang is working well for Seb Prio. Yeah, Shea Adam uh, has the has this VP racing fuel update. Shit, pit delta. How long? What, what's the time taken to get down the pit lane if you were just doing a drive-through? Should take about 32 seconds, right. uh, give or take one or two, because it depends on your pit lane speed limiter. Um, but I'm just trying to figure out for Sepprio if you add on that 32 seconds, he's got a 12-second buffer then back to Bill Oberlin. So I'm trying to figure out how much fuel he would actually need to put in the tank. 
was. He's getting. I mean, it's it's a, it's a smaller amount every lap he does. Of course, they will know what that is. But it's not just about the time that you spend from pit in to pit out. Of course, Shea's said there about 30, 32 seconds, depending on how close to the limit you set your pit lane speed limiter. But you've got to slow down and then speed back up again, and you lose the time of going flat out down the front straight as well. So that's time in the pits. That's not that's not necessarily time lost in terms of your lap time. TCR battle is absolutely outstanding. Mason Philippe running seventh overall with Mark Wilkins um, pretty much in his hatchback boot at the moment. Just about two or three Hyundai Veloster lengths between those two. Brian Herter, Autosport with Kerb Agajanian run cars and Stephen Simpson's been doing a cracking job. He's keeping them honest, Jeremy. Still only a second further yeah. back. That's right, Yeah, He's only about 10 car lengths behind, so if they, if they get held up uh, through any traffic, maybe he can close in and closing in on those two and the next couple of GS cars. That's Jan Halen in that uh, green uh, Porsche Cayman. Right behind him is now the Aston Martin of uh, of uh, Carl Marcelli. So this is a you know, super battle going all the way down through. Just looking a, bit for, a little bit further back down the road, Robin Liddell is back to 10th position Brilliant. in GS, 14th uh, overall in this race. And he's, uh, he's about seven or eight seconds, no, less than that, six or seven seconds, maybe even less than that behind that little battle we were watching. Yeah, just, yeah, just on, on about five, six seconds, as you rightly say, Jeremy, yeah. Uh, and it's Eric Foss who'll be his next target. Sebastian Priop continues. Hello, Joe. Hello, the rest of the family. Still will be watching, I'm sure. Andy, I know, is at the track, although stays away, lets Seb do his thing, doesn't have to tell the young man very much, I don't think. He's an absolute natural. Like chip off the old block. Old blocks, in fact. I think now that a fourth-generation Priop who has competed in motorsport, which makes me feel very, very old. Remember seeing Andy's first touring car race where he was plucked out of an unusual form of motor racing, hill climb racing in the UK, multiple champion, and uh, stuck into... Oh, I'm going to have to stretch this back. I think it was Alton Park, and I think it was a front-wheel drive, say that, and I think he put it on pole position. In fact, I'm pretty certain he did that weekend. And from then on, moved over into circuit racing. Hang on a second, haven't we seen the 33 car spinning down through the S's uh, before? Off again for Ryan Norman, sixth place in TCR, but it, it, well, he's had practice of getting him back on the track from there, so he knows what to do. He doesn't need that because he came into this race a second in the points behind Harry Gottsacker and Mark Wilkins, so these offs are certainly going to cause oh. him... You know, Side-by-side side action, sorry, Jeremy, <laughs> no, that's to, good. to break in with an exclamation like that. But through goes that number 60, Kyle Marcelli has got past Jan Halen. He had to plan and scheme that uh, quite a bit. Oh, Halen had uh, dropped back a wee bit. So that had changed back the other way. And so then what happened then? He must have thrown it at the scenery at turn three or four. By that, I mean Kyle Marcelli in the number 60. A motorsports car. Very odd. Ah, no, sorry, sorry, I know what I've done. 
I was watching a replay and then we came back to real time uh, on the screen in front of me. So that was about a lap ago that we saw that side by side. Excuse me, Jeremy. 19 minutes to go, but that is then a change of position with Carl Barcelli now six seconds behind Phil Ellis for Winwood Racing, who is four seconds behind Trent Hindman for Archangel Motorsports, who is one second behind Dylan Murray for Riley, who is about 1.3 behind Robbie Foley, who's two behind Oberlin, who's still 44 and a half seconds behind the lead car, Sebastian Priot, which is coming to the pitch here, Adam. 24 seconds oh. worth of fuel went into that car and the it's car has tight. now been released. It's going to be very tight as Bill Oberlin is now coming around the exit of 17 onto the front straight. The Ford, which pits all the way down at the pit in end of things, is just now going by the pit exit. Watch for the blue. The there off. he goes. There goes Oberlin. Oberlin goes through. Here comes Foley. It's still going to be a net gain, I reckon, for the Motorcraft car. Yep, second place. Second place with 18 minutes to go. And Sebastian Prio will have to fight just a little bit. And there's a bit of a side swipe between the BMW and the Mustang. He would have lost a tiny bit of temperature from his Michelin tyres. How close? That was much closer than I thought, Jeremy. And it's very close now as Robbie Foley putting the chrome horn to the back bumper of the Motorsport car. Monkey's Manic Motorsport car, and right in there as well is the Wings car. So second, third, and fourth now a 12-wheeled train heading up the climbing S's. Yeah, not too far behind him. Also, is Trent Hinman. That's really frustrating for Robbie Foley though, because he was inching closer and closer to Bill Obel in there. Uh, he was within two seconds as he came across the line, but uh, getting stuck behind the Ford there has cost him a fair bit of ground. And, uh, that's going to be awfully difficult for him to make up, and Bill Oblin will be breathing a huge sigh of relief. Seemed to put a lot of fuel in that car for a 17-minute run to the flag. Out to turn two and in towards turn three. A bit of uh, close quarters action. I, I, I think the drivers were still six feet apart, which is all right for social distancing at the moment. Sitting on the sides of the car that they were stopped sniggering Miss Adam coming down to the final part of the lap then Bill Oberlin three seconds ahead of that battle now as Sebastian Prior has held on to second position as he came out the pit lane across the line turnable sport you're not seeing double there are two blue and white Turner cars the H&R car that leads has the white bonnet Yellow, fully yellow bonnet on the second of the H&R sponsored car and again at turn one Sebastian Prior has trouble getting turned in but he lets the car drift wide it gives him the inside line for turn two and a better run into turn three Foley's going to try and go around the, in, the outside and then try the comeback and here comes the wins AMG and Foley gets another little bang on that left front fender and through goes Dylan Murray fantastic run for Riley Motorsports and up into third place. Always, always difficult, Jeremy, to be in the middle of a three-car train where you're attacking and defending at the same time. Yeah, it really is, but what a great opportunistic pass there by young Dylan Murray. That was a fine move 
he saw an opportunity, he went for it, he was clean down the inside, that was a great pass, and he is now up into, uh, well, third place, because he's still got the Mustang ahead of him, of course. Uh, so, Seprio, what a great job he has done, uh, having taken over from Scott Maxwell, running still in second place, and so it's Ford uh, in second place. BMW leads, Mercedes third, BMW fourth, then it's Porsche, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Porsche, another Mercedes, and then the Chevrolet of Robin Liddell in the 10th position, and he's got a couple of cars in his sights as well. Meanwhile, right with Eric Foss. Side by side as they head up there. Yeah, and it's the light blue car into turn 11 first, but the black number 21, Mark Wilkins, has Mason Philippe in his sights. Shea, you rattled off a whole load of names on the pit wall. Go through the names of the people on the pit wall who you were saying were pitting their wits against each other. Add Will Turner and his team to that. So you said... Uh, right, well, we Bill thought Riley. Will Turner... Will Turner for the 95, uh, Bill Riley for the 35, Mike Johnson for the 7. Uh, that's not too bad. You've got Dean Martin for the 60. That's the Aston Martin for court. And, and who's on Semprio's case? Is that Larry Holt? I would think that it would be Larry Holt. Uh, yeah. Typically is when the Mazdas are there. I don't know what it's like for the GT only weekends. Very, very good stuff. Jeremy. Yeah, look at this battle here for the lead. It's, it's, it was side by side, top end of the circuit. They've now settled down again. So it's the number 98 car, basically, still ahead of Mark Wilkins. But look who's closing in on him. It's Parker Chase in third place. Yeah. He's already set the fastest lap in this class. And he is closing, closing, closing on this lead pair. Uh, he's got past Stephen Sips and pulled away rapidly from the South African, or now, now American, because he's a naturalized American, now Stephen Sips, born in uh, South Africa, or raised in South Africa, I should say. Uh, but uh, what a battle for the leader we've got to, for the TCR. And meanwhile, for second place uh, overall, Zemprio is holding on. And, uh, Brilliant. Uh, and uh, Bill Obin has inched uh, out just a little bit more of a lead now, just over three seconds that Bill Obin leads this race with 13 minutes remaining. Yeah, this is looking good for Turner first and third uh, at the moment. By the way, Parker Chase closing in, as Jeremy said, and that incident at the top of the roller coaster a wee while back was investigated by race control, thanks to Shea, and I did scroll back to check on the race control. Uh, there was contact between Parker Chase and Shelby Blackstock, shared responsibility for that, and so no penalties issued. So basically, in insurance terms, knock for knock. And we're just going to get on with pay for your own china, as we used to say when you knocked a cricket ball in there somebody, through somebody's greenhouse. So no further action required on that. We don't know where to look at the moment, to be quite honest, because we've got, as usual, a great battle in TCR. And once again, despite the slight tweaks to BOP, the Velocities are still the cars to beat. Top three are all Velocities. Jeff Westfold's in the mix there with the Carbon Peregrine Audi, the number 39 car. And meantime, at the sharp end of the field, there's been a, something's gone on at the sharp end of the field because I think we've got a new second place car. Yes, we have. Sebastian Prio has made a mistake into turn one. Did almost exactly the same thing as we saw Russell Ward do at the start of the race, left his brake a bit too late, ran out onto the grass, didn't go nearly as far off, so through has got Dylan Murray in the second, 3.4 seconds the gap between him and Bill Orbelin leading, Robbie Foley goes, uh, he's still in third, 
goes through into third, but he's now ahead of Sebastian Priot of Multimatic. So Sebastian just maybe running out of a little bit of grip or maybe a little bit of brakes on that car. Not sure about that, but he just went too deep into turn one. Tiny little error, lost two places because of it. He did, and uh, now Jeff Westfall is working way, he's worked his way past uh, all the TCR cars, and during that lap where he, uh, Mason Felipe has put a little bit of gap gap between himself and Mark Wilkins. Mark Wilkins instead, he's going to be uh, looking into his mirrors because only about well, half a dozen car lengths behind is Mark and Chase in third place. Those three uh, Hyundai's now well clear of everybody else in TCR. So coming down to under 11 minutes to go before it all kicks off again. Let's try and square some of the circles and finish up some of the stories. We saw the Mia Motorsport in action. McLaren made a couple of pit stops in quick succession. Corey Lewis hasn't brought that car back out. Shea Adam has this VP Racing Fuel pit lane report on that car. From the highest of highs of winning of Road America to the lowest of lows at VIR, the day is done for the McLaren. Mechanical failure for the number three. Oh dear. Does that mean like engine mechanical failure? I know that they were working pretty hard with the guys back in the UK earlier this week to get some uh, updates and some help there. I'll let Shea do a little more digging on that. 3.9 seconds at the front of the field. Dylan Murray, Bill Overland battling it out. Two drivers at opposite ends of their careers, perhaps. Although I don't see Bill Overland hanging up his race boots anytime soon. He's having far too much fun. Went to the top of the winning, the most win standings in the top class of IMSA yesterday. With 61, he stands proudly alone at the top of that table now. Robbie Foley's teammate. If it finished like this, Robbie Foley would somehow have to have a foot on the first and the third step of the podium. I've seen that before with Bert Schneider for BM. For BM. Oh, goodness. Could be less BM, could he? Uh, Bert Schneider for Mercedes Benz in an endurance race. He was on two steps of the podium. I think it was more difficult for Bert because I think it was second and third. So he couldn't actually stretch across both, both of the parts of the podium. Yeah, no, it's, it's happened a bunch of times, hasn't it, in the past? And you talked about to Bill Oblin being the most successful uh, driver in Ipsa slash Grandam slash PSCR, all the other series. Uh, but in this championship, in the Mission Pilot Challenge series, he currently ranks seventh in the all time winning list on 15. He's tied at the moment with Terry Borcello and Eric Curran on 15. The most wins shared by Billy Johnson and Matt Plum on 23. So uh, with uh, what, uh, eight minutes remaining, potentially he's looking at number 16. And that gap between third, first and second has actually stretched out just a little bit down between Bill Oblin and David Murray, uh, Dylan Murray, excuse me, he's got himself up into second place uh, and ahead of uh, Robbie Foley and Seb Prio. I'm so pleased you did that because every time I look at Dave Murray on there, I, in my head, before I actually see it, it's David. Little bit of trim flapping at the back of the leading car. It's just one of the inspection panels, I think. And that's going to be causing a problem on that car. I think it's helping, John, because Bill Oblin, a couple <laughs> of laps ago, said his fastest lap of the race, uh, 54.0, 54.05. This last lap was a 54.2, so he's still absolutely flying out there. Yeah, it's the uh, the chaparral moving aerodynamic device on the back, Jeremy. That's what it is. As he goes faster, of course, it 
it flaps up and stays up, and as it slows down, it drops down and gives him a bit of extra aero at the back. I'm, just, I'm only kidding, of course I am. But uh, those of you with long memories uh, will know what we're talking about there. Like the air brakes on the old Mercedes SLRs that they used to run in endurance racing way back, even before mine and Jeremy's time. Meantime in TCR, Felipe Wilkins, Parker Chase is right on them now, right on them. Stephen Simpson's dropped back about 15 seconds. And in fact, he's just gone off again. Oh, that was just about to say, I wonder if he's had a problem to drop back that far. And he's now got a problem with the right front, catching the bodywork. So has there been contact there? Simpson now has lost out on fourth position as John Morley and um, Matt Pombo has gone through. And I think the Audi was just struggling for tire wear, John. Quite yeah, frankly. you might be right. You might be right, Jeremy. Out the fourth position, now dropping back to seventh in the space of half a lap. Bill Oberlin still at the front of the field. 4.1 seconds, the gap's not coming down to Dylan Murray. In traffic, number 40 of PF Racing sitting behind the two leaders in TCR as they go across the line. Mark Wilkins, if anything, just dropped a little bit further back now. What if he get a bit of a draft as the PF Mustang goes through? Stick the car in behind, Mark. See if you can get a wee bit of a run down towards the first corner. Danger time for the leader in TCR. Mason Felipe. Got to find a way, I think, of letting the bright pink Mustang go through. Parker Chase right there on the second place car now. But the leader has got away. And what Felipe doesn't need is that Mustang trying to squeeze through on the climbing S's. Hasn't really got an opportunity to just lift out of it here, Jeremy, and let him go through. He's, he's just going to have to stick to the racing line and hope that the PF Mustang doesn't do anything silly and try to get through. Yeah, I mean, he, he, the, the, the Mustang isn't in a, really a fight with anybody else at the moment, so I don't think he'd be too aggressive, but he's certainly going to have a straight line speed advantage on the Hyundai. But as you say, I think going up the hill here, uh, the Hyundai's are pretty fleet through these uh, through these corners, so I, I don't think it'll cause him uh, too much aggravation in terms of lost momentum. But I'll tell you who has momentum on his side again. It's Robin Liddell. He's up into eighth position now in that to Chevrolet Forever Rock Racing. He's about 4.7 seconds behind a big battle between number 57 and number 60. Carmar Selly in the Aston Martin has just got, a, got away past the Winwood Mercedes of, uh, of Phil Ellis on this lap. Lap 52 completed by leader. Super consistency from uh, Bill Aubrey at the front of this field. Well, he's been Bill. He's doing what Bill does when, when Bill needs to do that. He can do that when he needs to charge. He somehow can flick a switch. And not everyone can do that, Jeremy, to be able to say, right, here's your lap time, here's your fuel numbers, get to the end from here, this is what you need from your tyres. And then if he does come under pressure, somehow he seems to be able to immediately just find you know, that another half a second of pace. And there was a little slide coming down the roller coaster there by the leader in... Uh, by the second place car in TCR, Mark Wilkins. Parker Chase now with the GS cars having gone through for a moment. I thought he had a chance. And by the way, on the subject of drivers being on two steps of a podium, uh, our producer in London, Rob Lomas, said 
I happen to know Mark Brundle once started one car and finished the other in a world sports car race at Monza in 91. First place with Derek Warwick, second with Theo Farby. Fantastic knowledge. Yeah, it's happened several times, I think, in the old Jaguar days. Yeah, all good stuff. Well remembered there, for goodness well, sake. Well, he's probably, he has just owned up to having read that recently um, uh, in, in, a, in the Working the Wheel uh, book. So well done, Rob, for remembering that. Last three minutes. See, even our producers are totally more Thanks, Rob. And we love you for it. Uh, Rob and Kerry being in London for us this weekend. Just in front of the battle for first and second, which has come back together in TCR. Make that first, second and third is that lead that Mason Felipe had has evaporated as the GS cars that were having their own battle have gone through. And now we've got all three of them coming out of turn 12 onto the back straight. That's the Oak Tree corner. And Parker Chase will be getting a bit of a drag here from the two cars ahead of him. Can he use that to get close? They're just not close enough, I don't think, for a shot at an outbreaking manoeuvre into the top of the hill at the top of the roller coaster. But who knows, turn one. Back to the, that Chevrolet uh, of Robin Liddell, he's closing pretty much a second a lap on that uh, on uh, Phil Ellis, who's ahead of him now, and just ahead of Phil Ellis having made the pass previous lap to Carl Marcelli. So uh, top six is not out of the uh, out of the offing here for Robin Liddell, despite that drive-through penalty. Well, and if I mean 32 Woulda, seconds. Coulda, yeah, I know. I mean, if you look at 32 seconds from where Robin is. Um, he's only 22 seconds off the lead, you know, and, and it's been yeah. green since then. It has been green since then. The, the way they pitted, remember they were the first ones to, to pit. So you've got to say it, it's been pretty tight. A minute and a half to go. Mm, so there'll be two more laps then. Will there? Well, yeah, no, the, you've got the well, white flag this time round. Oh, yes, he will. Sorry, big yeah. Yes, he will. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll get the white flag this time around. Yes, yes, he will. He's got a fairly clear track ahead of him. And he comes through the final corner now in the sunshine. Late afternoon sunshine as it is. And heads towards a white flag. It's Tony who was waving that on the start-finish line. Hello, Dennis. And Tony, who share the duties on the start-finish line as our flag marshals, flaggers. So, last lap for Bill Oberlin. Flapping, flap, 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 flap. Not the, uh, not the foxtail, but the little inspection panel at the back. And Bill Oberlin, BMW, at the moment controlling the race. The down to 3.2 seconds with Dylan Murray having driven a very impressive stint to get up to second place. Robbie Foley benefiting from the turn of motorsport tactics to bring the 96 car up in the third position. It's been a pretty perfect afternoon really for Will Turner and the rest of the team and fairly good as well for Brian Hearn at Autosport. Their cars are one, two and if you will three in TCR with Mason Felipe, Mark Wilkins and Parker Chase separated by what a couple of seconds or thereabouts but not within striking distance 
of each other and Robbie Forley in third place in the white uh, bonneted white hood of that uh, second of the Turner cars the 95 car will indeed stand on both steps of the podium I presume Jeremy he only gets he only gets driver points for the for the best finish for the car he starts in in actual fact ah. the car he starts in right looking for its uh, third consecutive sweep of the podium in TCR here we are cross the line seconds. last couple of seconds cross the line and Bill Oberlin is still to finish there he goes in the background so Bill Oberlin has indeed crossed the line there's still a battle going on for second in TCR Mark Wilkinson Parker Chase that isn't finished yet. This could be an awkward team debrief if it all goes horribly wrong here. Checkered flag is out. Confirmed. Bill Orbelin and Robbie Forley will win GS for Turner Motorsport. It is the number 35. The wins Riley AMG GT4 in second. And Robbie Forley and Limbarletta in third in the 96 car. Prio in fourth place with Scott Maxwell didn't quite work out for them their strategy and in TCR Brian Hurd at Autosport Hyundai Veloster N comes to the line first 98 second 21 third 29 the finishing drivers missed Felipe Mark Wilkins and Parker Chase with the Honda and Matt Pombo the 73 Elliott Honda World Car breaking up the Hyundai domination at the sharp end of the field. Shelby Blackstock, by the way, who was off the circuit in that little clash with Parker Stairs in the sixth position. But uh, drive back for them as well. Well, Jeremy Shaw, what a run. What a weekend for Turner Motorsport. If you weren't watching yesterday, look away from the results now. But that is a delightful double for Foley and Oberlin three podiums in in two races on the same weekend for Robbie Foley and two yeah. wins with Bill Orbelin and Turner Motorsport uh, that's not a bad weekend collection of trophies for Turner Motorsport yeah seriously impressive isn't it and uh, what a great result uh, for this team this is the first win for uh, Robbie Foley in the Michelin Pilot Challenge also the first podium finish there for for, for Vin Barletta whose previous best finish was a uh, sixth place uh, effort uh, in the overall that win for Bill is uh, win number 17 that that uh, puts him alone then in seventh place in the all-time win tally certainly tightened up the championship too ah oh, yes absolutely uh, and in TCR another steamroller of Hyundai Velosters and Brian Hurt at Autosport with Curb Agajanian filling out all three podium uh, positions the cars coming back into the pit lane now and Jeremy quickly working out the points there all unofficial for the moment of course in TCR Jeremy um, Hyundai have been the cars to beat this year simple as that 
Yeah, they've absolutely been dominant. You're right. And in TCR, Harry Gottsacker and Mark Wilkins came into this race with a five-point lead over Ryan Norman and Gabby Chavez. And those, of course, excursions have cost the, uh, the Norman-Chavez combination. So uh, leaving here, that gap will have gone from five points to uh, 11 between the first and second. But Mason Felipe and uh, Michael Lewis, they will... Uh, close up somewhat so they'll be now only seven points behind in second place and i think Shea adam can speak to uh the second place one of the second place drivers in the championship Shea, have you got michael i believe we have uh, michael lewis race winner at virginia international raceway it was a hyundai day today with all three of them but ultimately that light blue one coming home in the first position michael what's it like to uh, get that final the first step on the podium I think we're having some trouble connecting to Michael. I know that the cell phone signal is a little bit spotty there. Yeah, can you hear us, Michael? I nope, we lost him. Definitely heard him a moment or two ago. That will put them, as you heard there, up into second place in the championship. Well, and a race that started slightly inauspiciously, Jeremy Shaw, with an early full course yellow. Not happiness for a number of people early on and then a little broken up by the required intervention of the BMW X5M performance safety car but at the end there we got a good a good long green flag run exactly how we like it and my goodness me I know people tell me that two hours is not long enough to be a proper endurance race for strategy we had we had every strategy you could possibly have had to do at the sharp end of the field in, in, in certainly in GS it was it was brilliant wasn't it absolutely superb race and uh, what a great result for uh, Turner Motorsport I mean they've worked so hard they've had uh, little bits of bad luck uh, in uh, in various aspects this season but what a weekend all around two wins for bill Orbley, the first he's done this a bunch of times in the past swept uh, both of the major imsa races on one weekend last time he did it talked about a little while ago was uh, 2013 at 30 the americas sharing then with paul de la lana oh, wow. who did it also at homestead in 2011 as well also with the canadian so uh, a great great day great weekend for bill arbolin and how does that affect the gs point standings jeremy again all unofficial as we wind up what's been a super weekend at vir only thing missing was the fans we know we can't have that but what great entertainment. Thank you, Kerrigan and Connie Nyholm, of course, for putting on a great event. GS points unofficial as they stand then. Yeah, unofficially, uh, the the, uh, the the race winning car had a, they they didn't finish at Daytona the first race of the season, so they're not yet in contention. So the new points leaders, by my reckoning, will be Jim Cox and Dylan Murray. They came in here third in points, eight off the lead. They will leave here in uh, with uh, 117 points to the 115 of the Aston Martin AMR Vantage team and Nate Stacey and Carl Marcelli, who were second coming into points here. Uh, the previous leaders, Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall with a 12th place finish today. Really disappointing result mm. for the uh, car barn with Peregrine Racing Audi. They will have 112, so five points behind the new leaders, Jim Cox and Dylan Murray. Brilliant stuff, Jeremy and Shea. Jeremy joining me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam, our VP 
Pitt and Paddock reporter, VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. The celebrations, I suggest, even in these difficult times, may go on quite some time at Turner Motorsport. Two feature races, two victories for Bill Oberlin and Robbie Foley. And Robbie Foley has three podium trophies to take home from two races because of his shared driving with Finn Barletta today, who gets on the podium too. Thank you to VIR, especially to our colleagues at NASCAR Productions for making sure we could see all around the circuit. It was Rob Lomas and Kez Cobb who were our London radio producers for IMSA Radio. Shea Adam and Jeremy Shaw joined me, John Hindorf. Hope you've enjoyed the weekend. Enjoy the rest of the weekend's motor racing action. There's a big race to finish in Indianapolis now, which we're going to all go and catch up on. But from VIR, from IMSA and from the Michelin GT Challenge 2020, I'm John Hindoff saying thanks for being with us and enjoy the rest of your motor racing weekend. Bye-bye. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.